is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Hello and welcome to episode 235 of the UK Steelers podcast. Uh, the astute of you will uh, notice that this is not Simon Winstanley speaking. It is in fact Mark Hansen uh, on Simon's behalf. Uh, Simon's just uh, having a little break, uh, recharging the batteries. Um, I'm sure he'll be back He'll be back soon. Um, but I am uh, joined by Ketz and uh, by Gavin Marshall as well. How are you, gents? Not too bad. Glad to be back, actually. Um, been a little Ooh. while, apologies. two weeks. I think that's the longest I've been off the show. But uh, yeah, I had a holiday and then um, a little surgical procedure, which was quite invasive. And I couldn't really speak last week, although I intended to do the show. But I'm um, glad to be back. And uh, thanks for all your guys' support, uh, messages of support and stuff. Appreciate that. Yeah, no problem at all. No problem. Uh, Ketz, how are you feeling? Yeah, good. Had a busy uh, couple of weeks with work and other bits and pieces going on. Done a bit of uh, international travel. People will be shocked to hear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all good. Thank you, gentlemen. All good. Glad to be uh, finally here for the Tackle Show. Yes, the the world travelling cat's back again. You know, it's, it, it's amazing. You're, you're travelling all over the world here and yet you're, you're still here every week. You know, um, they're plugging away during the draft season. So it's uh, big, uh, big props to you there for doing that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, a little bit of a little bit of housekeeping um, out of the way. Um, check us a couple of quid on Patreon, um, Patreon.com/slash UK Steelers Pod, I believe. I've just sort of uh, plucked that one out of thin air. I think that's the uh, the link. Um, as our show producers have done, the effing knackered Jason Bowdler, Rob Ferguson, Teenage Mutant Ninja Dave Hart, Glenn Jones, Matt Audley, Joel Spencer, Steve Williams, Ian Faruja, Christian Rob, Thomas Fielding. Joe Pearson, our resident food correspondent, Christopher Anderson, Philip Williams, Laura Casey, and the roguishly handsome Lee Matthews. Thanks to those wonderful producers. Now, Gav did that just before we started, and uh, that is just a beautiful piece of uh, innovation there from Gav. So uh, well done there, Gav, in clipping that all together. Uh, B-Tech, HND, sound design and music technology qualification coming through live <laughs> absolutely in the most vital moment that we needed it right. as well um, 25 years later it's yeah. all good. <laughs> did you ever think that you'd be using it for such uh, such purposes i did always dream of having a radio show funnily enough a po- really? podcast didn't exist back in the day but yeah I, I i think i mentioned it before but i was massively inspired by um ian collins back in the day and the creatures of the night on talk sport radio that they used to do this <laughs> like show overnight and it was him and his mates and they just have a right laugh and um yeah massive inspiration i always wanted to do that and it's i think that's led into me doing this and the sort of vibe that me and Sai tried to create with this maybe that's why most of our shows last three hours right it's a talk <laughs> show basically overnight talk show that's, that's the dream like half the audience are asleep the other half are drunk christopher anderson is not either of those two things because he's on his commute uh-huh. Oh yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, Steve, UK Steelers Radio. That's the uh, that's the next step, isn't it? 
<laughs> just full on, uh, full on twenty four hour radio for us. That'd be brilliant. Rolling, rolling coverage of the Steelers. Like it, we wouldn't run out of things to talk about, would we? It'd be fine. We never do. We never run out of things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, especially during this uh, draft season as well. How, uh, how brilliant would that be? Um, but uh, before we jump into uh, uh, offensive tackles, as we're looking at today, and there's uh, quite a lot to jump into, uh, should we do a little bit of news, gents? Let's do it. Whoops, not that one. Oh. <laughs> uh, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. All right. Let's go. Dealers on three. One, two, three. Dealers. I have got the combine on here. Uh, so if I get distracted or don't respond, it's because I'm watching someone do something. Yeah, I, I too have it in the. Uh, I have it too on in the background. Um, just yeah. So if anybody jumps out, I think they're DBs at the moment. Uh, yeah. Going through the combine they're, stuff. They all stood nervously on the sideline, waiting to start doing their drills. Um, I, I like this new schedule. Though. I don't know. If, I can't remember. If it, would, it wasn't like this last year, was it? They, they, they're doing the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs all on Saturday night. Mm. Well, Saturday night here, Saturday afternoon in the state. I don't. Yeah, I don't think all three were grouped together last year. I, I have a vague recollection of last year. This is kind of the first year I'm really getting into. The combine stuff. Um, I've kind of just been casually watching it in the last few years, but um, yeah, this is the first time really diving into it um, just to get some uh, get some names in there. So it's good to watch this DB class as well, um, considering it's it's a big need and uh, it's yeah. um, great to get some names down that we can uh, we can watch later on. Um, but uh, first to a little bit of news um, and something that happened just after the last recording um, with Ketz and Sai last week, in that the Pittsburgh Steelers have released centre Mason Cole. Does that mean... Well, of course, we never we never want to celebrate a man losing his job. Um, <laughs> we I did will. exactly the same thing for Kendrick Green, so I feel like yeah, it's it's probably uh, might be a little bit warranted. But um, yeah, no, so we, we did uh, we did release Mason Cole uh, according to Steelers Depot based on the current rule of fifty one. Uh, these Steelers cleared three point nine five five million in the uh, salary cap space. Um, following the termination of Mason Cole, it's uh, nearly four million dollars in uh, in cap space, um, and it's interesting to note, of course, as well that the NFL salary cap has gone up by uh, around thirty million dollars um, for the twenty twenty four season. I think it's is it two hundred and fifty five million. I haven't got it in front of me at the moment. I think it's something along those lines. I checked the other day, and the Steelers were eight million above the cap. So does that mean they're now thirty eight million above the cap? No, I think that made us compliant. I think or something like that because oh, we, were, were we were oh, under no, a bit. Over the cap's got them eight million team cap space. So mm. the new salary cap is two hundred and fifty-five point four million dollars per team. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, thank you, Taylor 224. Swift. Yeah, two twenty-four. Yeah, so over thirty million dollars. Um, ahead of that, so uh, yeah, as I say, thank you Taylor Swift for <laughs> for getting uh, getting some extra money. I'm sure that's not. I mean, that wasn't one of the only reasons. I think there was something to do with post COVID um, was uh, was a big reason for the increase as well. Um, can't quite remember exactly the details, but uh, yeah, so significant boost there. But um, yeah, thoughts on uh, Mason Cole then and his release. Uh, and with the 20th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Jackson Powers Johnson. <laughs> now, I, I, interestingly enough, I, th- I feel like this cut might make it seem that 
we're not going to go centre at 20. And I know that sounds a little bit weird, but I'm thinking maybe this is a point now where we're going to get in a free agent out of the centre market and then maybe go a little bit lower um, in this. Maybe um, uh, Cedric Van Pran um, out of Georgia is a, is a possible shout there. Um, that, that, was just, that was just my thought. I, I don't know if, um, if that's something you agree with, but I mean, as much as I would love Jackson Powers Johnson, Something tells me that releasing Cole and not having him as that backup uh, is uh, is is possibly detrimental to getting JPJ. I don't know. It's an interesting way of thinking about it because they would be mad to not have anyone in place by the time the draft comes around because you can't. I mean, I think in is it DJ's latest mock, he's got JPJ. I mean, it'd be, it's going to be confusing having two JPJs on the team. But, uh, <laughs> Very, yeah. JPJ from Oregon going to the Rams at nineteen. Which yeah, would be just a before message. us, yeah. Yeah, mm. so that would be a risk. So I, I, I assume you're right. They've either got a plan for Daniels or someone else to kick over or, yeah. Well, it, it's seemingly bit. it's going to be uh, Nate Herbig um, taking the roles because uh, Omar Khan has been speaking at the Combine this week. And I thought it was very interesting, this, because uh, obviously Omar talked about the quarterback situation and said that he has faith in Kenny Pickett, but they are exploring the options. But interestingly enough, he said exactly the same thing about Nate Herbig and the centre position. He said, we have faith in Nate Herbig, but we are obviously going to look at you know, all the options around it. So you think if he's saying that about Nate Herbig, the same way he's saying it about Kenny Pickett, are we really to believe that they're fully confident in Kenny Pickett? Very weird way of doing it with, uh, with both positions there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean... I. I think they'd be mad to turn down JPJ if he's if he's on the board because mm. he just he just looks like such a complete centre. And when they've got the glaring need, it's really going to be disappointing if they pass on him because some people have got him as the sort of in terms of on their big boards, sort of a thirty top thirty prospect. But I think it's because of position scarcity that why he's going going in the first round. Yeah. So. I just, I just think that'd be crazy. He just looks like such a good centre. I mean, you, you're on the train. I just, I can't believe oh. that they would pass up on him. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And you know, not too long ago, people were saying, "Oh, I'm not sure about this, uh, this centre class." But now, now seemingly, you've got three people who are like really making some good rounds here. But I mean, JPJ is absolutely standing out among amongst them all um, as that. And you know, I, I think we're possibly going to be looking at interior next week. Um, if that's the case, then that's it's going to be a guy that we're going to be bringing up in more depth. But yeah, as you say, I'm I'm fully on the train with this dude and uh, I would love to see him as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, Ketch, I mean, you're, I mean, you're... Oh, sorry. sorry yeah. one, one last thing I was going to say, he absolutely blew up the senior ball, didn't he? I mean, they were yeah. just absolutely gushing about him. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait. I believe he's going to be there on Sunday as well, um, uh, up, up at the Combine. So very interesting to see what he does there. Ketz, your thoughts on uh, on Mason Cole? Um, yeah, I've not been shy in my thoughts on him over the last <laughs> uh, couple of years. It's just not been good enough. So good riddance to him. Nice to see someone different in a black and gold shirt that can hopefully make a bit more of an impact. Um, I was just having a look at the free agent centres just to see um, who was kind of available. Um, obviously, on the list, they've got Jason Kelsey top, but the way he was kind of partying in and around the, the Super Bowl and the kind of divisional round, um, I don't think he'll necessarily be picking up a pair of cleats anytime soon. No, I think um, he's but, done, yeah. 
And then they've got Cody Whitehair, who is listed as a guard from Chicago, but um, I don't know how much he's played centre at all. Then you've got Connor Williams from Miami, Brian Allen from the Rams, and then Mason Cole from the sofa. So there's not necessarily... <laughs> yeah, he's the fifth best free agent. Doesn't yeah. fill you with much help. Well, that's in terms of um, contract value. There is um, Graham Glasgow further down, um, John Feliciano, Evan Brown, Scott Queensbury. So there's... Uh, Questionbury. There's, there's there's not a massive amount of names on this list in particular. Is uh, Tyler Biadas still on that list? I don't no, know. He seems to have gone. Oh, is, oh. JC Hassenhauer's on the list, interestingly enough. Oh, wow. Blimey. Completely forgotten Hassenhauer <laughs> existed. Blimey. Mm. It'll, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm sure, I'm sure, again, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more next week, but like mm. that seems like a position that. You know, we're, we're talking all this quarterback stuff. I think this centre talk is going to be really, really vital for us, um, especially now with this with this Mason Cole departure. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be very interesting. Um, I, there's a couple of other notes, um, kind of picking up from what Omar Khan was saying. Um, he talked briefly about Broderick Jones. He said that absolutely they want him to be a left tackle, and eventually he will be. Which makes you think, how long is that going to take? Um, and you know we're going to be talking about some of these tackles here. So, are we going to be looking at a right tackle or in this draft, or is Broderick going to be out there for a little bit longer? Um, yeah, that I thought that was an interesting point brought up by Omar. Um, any any thoughts on that in particular? Yeah, I have. Um, I had a bit of a rewatch of Broderick Jones um, just because we were looking at the tackle class. So I wanted to compare sort of these new guys we're going to talk about today to. Okay, what did I kind of think about Broderick last year? Um, now, just in terms of Jones, he played behind um, Salia at left tackle for the first 11 games of the 2021 Georgia title winning season and then started at left tackle in the final... Um, or started at left tackle in the final four, so maybe played at right tackle uh, for some of his time at Georgia. I'm confused myself with my notes here. But he did play all 15 games at left tackle for Georgia in 2022. So it's only been one year that he's kind of not played at left tackle. And obviously he's athletic, size, length, um, and potential to develop into a plus-size starter on the left side of the line. So the way that people were kind of talking about him, he's got the athletic athletic prowess to do that job. Um, and I think he's proved this year that even if he doesn't fully make it at left tackle, he's a damn good right tackle. So... I think you can do that to an extent, um, you know, and not have too many issues. It's just hard to know about Broderick Jones because I think you're right, Ketz. I think he is a left tackle as 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 played in college, but obviously we only really saw him have success in the run game on the right side. So mm. it might have been have that he was less comfortable in the run game. Sorry, he did have immediate success in the run game, though. Exactly. That's what I mean. He came in, he had immediate success on the run game. So sometimes it's hard to project and go, well, is he going to, is he going to have success in both aspects, pass and run on the left side? But we've got to remember that he played more snaps, as you said, on the left side. So I, I think I'm not worried. I, I, I've gone into this process of, of looking at when we get into the draft class of, of imagining that 
Brojo can be moved over to the left side. I've not been thinking they need a you know some dancing bear pass protector to go on the left side. I think Brojo's got it. I think he can do it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I agree. I think interestingly, with the sort of potential scheme changes that will come with the change of coordinator, um, one stat to be mindful of is that Broderick Jones had the fastest forty-yard dash in the class last year at four point nine seven seconds. So. I really think they'll kind of target someone that's kind of athletic and able to to really have that impact in the run game, sort of along the line of scrimmage, first level, second level, and out to the exterior as well. So I think that's maybe something to consider when we're looking at these guys. Yeah, cool. We're, yeah. we're sort of slipping into tackle talk, and maybe we should save that for the, the actual designated tackle section. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say uh, briefly before we crack on with the tackles um we obviously said about the combine starting uh yesterday with the uh, d linemen and linebackers um gav you watched it along with along with myself was there anybody in particular that stood out to you in that group absolutely i thought mason smith out of lsu looks like the prototypical steelers d end and i will be banging the table for them to draft him i think based on i need to go into the tape but just from the way he looks i think the especially with D-line, interior D-line, the Steelers have got a blueprint. And when, when there's a guy that looks like he does and move moved like he did in the drills, he, he looked like he would cut from stones. I'm like universal soldier type character. I, don't, I haven't got his exact measures, but he's big. He's like, I don't know, 6'5 or something. Yeah, Over 300. Were- yeah, he, he, yeah he, he looks like a guy to me that would, would slot in, similar to sort of Stefan Tuitt or something like that. That guy looked... I was drooling at the mouth as the prospect of having him on our team. Yeah, it, it, it's an it was an odd build, wasn't it? It's like not not anything like we saw with any of the other prospects. It was very uh, his shoulders were just huge, absolutely. But yeah, that's what oh, jumped out of me. He just looks yeah. like that. Like I said, Stefan Tua, you know, Brett Keys, all that kind of like, you know, I think that's what they they want from their ends. They don't want like you know a big pot belly dude, you know, with moves flapping around like some of the other guys <laughs> sweat uh yeah. the, the guy there who uh god yeah they were bouncing everywhere weren't they when they, he was uh, he was running like he was gonna two, take his own eye out yeah they're like two golf balls in bin bags so horrible <laughs> yeah. I, th- I actually thought he did quite well actually uh, all things considered but oh, he's a good um, prospect he's probably the top d-line prospect but he's not you put that a guy like that into some wave drills, and he's he's not going to, you know, that's not he's never going to be moving like that on the interior, is he? That's the thing. It's kind of a no. first test. And then no, as far but... as the edge guys go, I thought Verse looked. Jared Verse looked pretty good. Yeah, thought, he looks great. Yeah. I thought is it Adarius Robinson? I thought he looked pretty good as well. He looked like a sort yeah, of a, Darius Robinson. Yeah, Darius, Darius Robinson. Robinson. That's yeah. it. Like a sort of cross between uh, Clowney and Bud Dupree, somewhere in that kind of world. Ooh. I thought he, he had a nice bend though on the old on the old hoop towel drill. He looked pretty good. I thought he's been getting some uh, quite serious poppers of late. Um, some people thinking it's a little bit unwarranted considering the tape, but um, over the last yeah over the last couple of months or so, he's been uh, he's been ra- rising up some boards somewhat. I think we've got to talk about Fisk as well, Braden Fisk, oh, yeah. Bra- Braden Braylon. Can't remember, but uh, I mean he tested off the charts yesterday like i think he was topping basically everything yesterday he just looked like an absolute warrior out there vicious and uh just really determined to do all the drills perfectly and uh, yeah absolutely nailed it so he's definitely somebody's stock rose um after yesterday but um yeah there's a lot of intriguing prospects and it, it to be uh be very interesting to dive into those uh when, when we get to those but i think it's now time for us to dive into one of the deepest 
classes that we have. Well, I was wondering if we wanted to talk a little bit about free agency or not, or do you want to get straight into the tackles? Well, no, I tell you what, let's, uh, let's introduce us to the whole segment for offensive tackles. But yeah, we can talk free agency first of all. Okay. Because I, 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 I wanted to just, I, I, I tasked you with um, finding a free agent for the Steelers, didn't, didn't I? So I wondered yes. if, you, if you'd gone away and done that. So did you, did you find one? Did you, did you have a look to see if there's a reasonable free agent that you'd like the Steelers to pick up? Reasonable is a stretch because I do think that this isn't the most brilliant uh, free agent tackle list. So I've I've kind of been leaning towards because you know we've been talking about Broderick and whether he should be going out on the left or, or sticking to the right. And really, for me, I want him to be back on the left as soon as possible. I want him to be where he is comfortable, where he is natural and. So I was just kind of having a look at the right tackles that in free agency. And I mean, it, it doesn't look like the most incredible list here. So I'll, I'll just kind of read off a few names here, but then go into the guy that I think might slightly be a good option on a, on a cheaper deal. So you've got Trenton Brown from New England. You've got Jonah Williams from Cincinnati. No thanks. I've heard um, <laughs> Cincinnati fans really not being on board with Jonah Williams. I think he gave up like the eighth most sacks last season, I think I saw somewhere. Um, so yeah, not keen on that. Um, Jermaine Illumuna from uh, Vegas. I don't know who's that. Billy Turner um, from Jets. And then, yeah, a couple of, couple of other guys there. But like the one name out of it that kind of, uh, kind of stuck out to me a little bit was George Fant from Houston. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's up there. He's, th- he's going to be 32 when the season starts next year, but that's still, you know, not, not terribly old. Um, and you know, he's on, he's on 3 million at the moment. I don't think Houston are massively like, I've, I've not seen big buzz about him staying there, so they may well move on from him. I think he might be a n- nice, like short-term addition if, if needs be. I'm not totally against the idea of that. As I said, I'm not. I, I'm not enamoured by any of these tackles, really. I, I don't know if you are, but um, yeah, out of the options there, and I, I would like to go right tackle. And I think George Fant, out of probably the best of a bad bunch, I think I would say, uh, and that would probably be where I would lean. I see. I see where you went and why you introduced this section, because when I said that, I meant at all positions, not Oh, sorry. I thought you just meant tackle. (laughs) Actually, that's quite a good angle. Maybe we should do Mm. that going forward. That makes sense. That would make more sense. So well done. Kets, did you you have a look at some of the the tackles or were you looking generally when you looked at your free I looked generally and I came up with the idea of Noah Brown of the Texans in free agency. Wide receiver, 6'2", 215. I'm not going to go into a full draft guide. Don't worry. But he had a good kind of supporting role in the last couple of seasons with both of the Texas-based teams, played for the Cowboys and the Texans. 500 receiving yards in both of the last two seasons with five touchdowns. And I think he could just take some pressure off, um, you know, the, the kind of the main guys when it comes to the receptions. Um, and it would give another kind of slot-type option um, Tano Moose's production's been up and down. I think that a lot of that's been on quarterback play. Um, but because he's quite a physical, um, he's a physical and possession type wide receiver. So I think looking towards the new scheme 
that we're potentially moving to, which is more run heavy and the receivers will be required to have that bit more of the physical presence. I thought out of the guys on the list, it was a good option for us to consider. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Actually, that's a really good shout because he had, he had one. Was it uh, two years ago when he was at Dallas and he had a big year, or was it two years ago he was at Texas? I can't remember. Where was he? Um, I he can't got picked which up. Was it, was it was. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I think I think he signed a one year contract with the Texans, which was two point six million dollars. That's it. So it was it was last year in Dallas, and he had a, he had a good season, and he ended up on quite a few people's fantasy teams. I seem to remember. Yeah. So that's that's a good shout. That's a good shout. I think you're right about the need of receiver, though. I did a mock draft today and ended up taking Roman Wilson, Roman Wilson in the second round. It does it feel like they're a little bit thin at receiver? I've been umming and ahhing about that because you know you you automatically go straight to DJ and Pickens and you think oh maybe we're not that thin and you know Calvin Austin I think could still have an impact on this team but then I suppose outside of that there is still probably room for at least one more. Yeah, I mean they haven't yeah. technically cut Alan Robinson yet, which tells me that they must be reworking the contract. I mean, there's no way they're going to pay him that ten million, but you know the the guy got a lot of snaps and was heavily involved. And I think you know if Arthur Smith comes in and looks look over the game tape and he sees that they've got this like you know absolute workhorse blocker in the run game as a wide receiver, I think he's going to want him to stick around. Yeah. So. I feel like you want to keep Aaron Robinson on a, on a reduced deal, hopefully one that both sides can agree on, and then get another receiver that's actually going to do some catching of the ball because he didn't. Robinson didn't do much of that, did he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to comment too much more on wide receiver because I'm conscious I got pelters for saying it was a weak group this time last year. So no, 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 no. I think you're right. No, I, think <laughs> I like I like that shot. I'm I'm going to go back to an old favourite, and I'm going to say that the Steelers absolutely must. And I will be over the moon if they do, to the point that I might even buy a jersey. Raekwon Davis, the chef, uh, out of Miami. So he's he's coming off as the end of his rookie deal. He is huge. D-lineman, played four years for the Dolphins. He's 6'7", 335 pounds, 27 years old, big, long, and strong. And I think he could be the dominator the Steelers need. And if you if if you if you picked up Raekwon Davis, I think I think you get him for two two years for six mil, three mil a year. I think that that's reasonable. You get him, and then you get a guy like Mason Smith in. That's your D line sorted. That's your end sorted. That's you've got a guy for, a guy to progress and a guy coming through. Um, I mean, he, if you've not seen any of Raekwon, I mean, he uses his length really well. Drives people around the line of scrimmage. Nice pin and pull. Throws people around. He's got long arms, gets up and swap, tips balls and forces. But it's just he's just not produced that much at the Dolphins. One sack in 23, not really his game. He's, I think he'd probably be more suited in, in Pittsburgh. He's more that kind of, you know, three-tech defensive end. PFF grades are inconsistent. There's some 70s in there and then there's some 40, 50s. But out of all of the, of the deep defensive tackles, He's the ninth best at missed tackle percentage. So only got 3.7% missed tackles. Uh, that's on 245 snaps, which is about half of like usual, the top end guys. So he's not, he's in a rotation, heavy rotation in a, in a sort of, in a unit with Christian Wilkins and uh, is it, is Austin Celia. And uh, so he's like, he's, he was like the third option. Um, not, not a flashy guy, but I just think, he he would be perfect. He'd be absolutely perfect in Pittsburgh, and would could could like really kick on like to it did and become, you know, like sort of Pro Bowl level guy. That well, I think he's been a little bit wasted in Miami. 
But, I quite um, yeah, like that'd be, that'd be my go. Yeah, I quite like that. Just thinking that if this is you know Haywood's last season, you want him to be used sparingly. So a guy like that coming in, working in conjunction with uh, Mark's favourite boy Keanu, you know, I could see that working nicely. Actually, I think you put him in in the louder milk sort of role. You know, mm. starting from there and let him see if he can you know grow from there and and t- take on more snaps. I've just had a quick look over at the um, general free agents list then just to see uh, if there's any names that kind of uh, were jumping out to me. And uh, yeah, I, I completely forgot. Well, I didn't completely forget, but um, I, I still want Jalen Johnson. I, st- I still really think if we can make a push to try and get that guy out of Chicago, I don't think it will happen. I think Chicago will do. They've got enough cap space and enough uh, Enough to go around basically to sort Jalen Johnson out. But if, if we can find a way to get this dude down and have him paired up with JPJ, I mean, that would just be unbelievable. That would be corner set for the next however long. It would it would just be an absolutely awesome move. Yeah. Sorry, I thought, I thought the guide was uh, for, for tackles. No, no, were, I, I, I like, I like yeah. it. It's a good thing we should do that, do that going forward. I'm just having a look. Have they got his market value there? Jalen, yeah, they do. They're saying fifteen point seven million. Now I know at this point Simon yeah. says the uh, the salary cap isn't real, but that's that's double it's, what the space is there. It's pushing. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. We might have to make some uh, tough decisions, but yeah, anything you could do to get that guy would well, be. They can, get, they can get half of it with uh, getting Alan Robinson off the off the, or at least getting that ten million off. Yeah, not that I want him to be gone, but I, I don't want that contract to be gone because it's yeah. not realistic. I think there's some movement that can be done. But um, I think there will be some movement that will be done at some point. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that 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 would be my guy out of out of all of them. But as I say, I don't think that's going to be realistic, unfortunately. The brief was realistic, but okay, as you've only just <laughs> come to that, come to that lately, that's fine. Do you think the the Steelers are going to be active or inactive, or are we going to see? Because we saw quite a lot of flurry of activity, didn't we, last year? Um, traditionally, the Steelers have been sort of bigger players in the sort of second and third wave of free agency rather than the first wave. It doesn't feel like they've got much room to play with, but do, do you think we're going to see many new faces or do we think not really? I, I, I don't think so. I do think it's going to be a bigger focus on the draft than the free agency, I think, for us. I know we haven't got a million picks in this draft, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't see us making big splashes in this free agency. We'll make some moves here or there that aren't going to be like well-beating, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I I don't see us being that active. I think Omar could be cooking both in the draft and free agency. I think he's going to do lots of little moves. I think he's going to be very active because I think what we learned last year was that he's very not like the traditional Steelers kind of way of doing it. He's not, as Gav once dubbed him, Kevin Colbert's accountant. He is a man that is constantly looking for little gains in different positions. Um, It seems to be quite an active free agency so far. I'm just keeping half an eye on Twitter. There's been three cuts in the last um, two minutes. So, who's gone? JC Jackson has left the Patriots at cornerback. Nick out for them, Gates has left the Commanders at centre. Oh, add, add him to the centres list. Uh, <laughs> Eagles have just released Kevin, is it Briard? Briard? Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard. That's the one. Yeah. And obviously earlier today, Commanders released Charles Leno, the tackle, and Logan Thomas, tight end. So there's plenty of 
little movements here, there, and everywhere. If if mm. I might like some of these guys, I feel like Leno could be a guy. I thought he was a, a guy changes. they should have. Sorry, yeah. I thought Leno was a guy they should have looked at previously. And last time he was a free agent. I mean, he's getting Ooh. on a bit now. What is he like? Thirty-five, probably. Commander's making a lot of moves. That's quite interesting. Yeah, I'd heard today some rumblings about them maybe not taking a quarterback and looking in this free agent quarterback market. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one from them. Right? Are we uh, are we ready now to uh, to tackle the tackles? UK Steelers podcast draft class of twenty four offensive tackles. Thanks, Sarah. All right. Sa- oh, Sarah is her name, is it? Uh, has a name. Yeah, she has a name. Did you name her or did she? No, no, she, she, she was, she, that, that's the name that's provided. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much, Sarah. <laughs> so, yeah, as I said, this is a, this is a deep class of uh, offensive tackles. First thoughts, just looking at the class overall? This is a very top-heavy class. This might be the best tackle class in terms of... I don't know. I, I think there's guys that are going to fall into the second round that in other years we would have been saying, well, he's a top four, top five tackle. Ooh. It's I mean, strong. It, yeah. yeah. DJ's got eight in the top 50. His latest mock has got seven tackles going in the first round. He's got uh, one at five to the Chargers, one at seven to the Titans, one at 10 to the Jets, one at 14 to the Saints. He's got actually got the Steelers taking Fuatanu at 20 after JPJ goes to the Rams a pick before. Uh, he's got a tackle going to Dallas at 24 and uh, a tackle going to the Ravens at 30. And he's also got three interior O-line. So it's just bonkers numbers. He's got 10, in, 10 offensive linemen. You know, that's one, you know, almost a third of the picks are going into the O-line. So this is, this is a class that is going to bolster the, the, the trenches of the league in a big way. Draft Network's got two, two offensive tackles in top 10, five top in the top 20, nine in the top 50, and 12 in the top 100. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's wild. As you say, yeah, it's, it's, it's a top-heavy and it's a very strong class. And I think it's just, it's so important now, isn't it? I mean, more, more so than ever. You've, you saw the amount of quarterback injuries we had last season. Teams are just going to be thriving to get these lines stronger and stronger. So um, this, is a, this is a very strong year for it. Um, and I think uh, we, we're going to see some... We're going to see some proper standout guys in the league next season coming straight in. So, yeah, Ketz, um, sort of initial thoughts for you on on this on this class? Not too dissimilar from what Gav said, to be honest. I think there's Ooh. there's some really good guys. I think the last couple of years have been good for tackles. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. There's a lot of kind of raw guys lower down. I think it's definitely kind of the top few that are are impressive and will probably go on to become starters. I'm not so sure about the rest of them, but uh, yeah, there's, there's some good guys on, on both the left and the right, to be honest. So yeah, looking forward to, to getting into this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's the class where I, I sort of uh, realized about myself, maybe I'm not the best at scouting these guys and Ketz, you gave me a, you gave me a big help with uh, what you sent me um, in terms of scouting offensive linemen. I, th- I, I felt like I was, sort of missing things that other people were saying. So it was it was a bit of a difficult one for me. So, you know, not that anybody should take any credence into what I say about any of these draft picks, but <laughs> if there was if there was a group that you shouldn't really listen to me on, maybe it's this one. But uh, I've got some thoughts. I've got some thoughts for sure. What, what did so, they send? I'm curious. 
Uh, oh God, it was. It's been a while since I had a look at it now. But uh, Kets, can you remember what you sent me before I? Uh... Was it a Kets, yeah. a Kets 101 guide to drafting tackles or what? what was it? it was Kets <laughs> uses Google and sends the most thorough looking draft guide that he then probably didn't have a chance to look through himself. So Mark's analysis will probably be much more in-depth than mine. So uh, It was uh, how I evaluate co- college offensive linemen for the NFL, uh, in particular the Chicago Bears. Um, so it was uh, from Windy City, Windy City Gridiron, um, a chap named Greg Gabriel. But it was uh, it was pretty in-depth and it kind of it kind of helped me with some some bits in there so yeah we'll see we'll see how it worked and uh yeah as i say i've got some opinions so shall we start right at the top um i'll uh, i'll uh, kick us off with a bit of joe alt out of notre dame yeah, so sounds like a keyboard command <laughs> it does yeah um alt uh, so his uh, his dad played in the nfl i believe uh, if if i'm correct many many years ago Mr. Uh, yeah, John 1984 Holt. was drafted in the first round by Kansas City. Played for 13 yeah. years. There you go. Look at As that. a tackle. So bloodline's already showing there. Now, six foot eight. And I have him down as 315. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody... Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, what a massive, massive dude <laughs> this guy is. So, yeah, Joe Alt from uh, Notre Dame. Uh, left tackle. I don't know the name. Worth uh, worth noting there. Yeah, joined as a. Uh, when did he join it? There? Oh yeah. So, oh, sorry, I was just trying to find it here. Oh yeah, his freshman here. Yeah. So um, yeah, started eight games in his freshman year. Um, pretty much thrust straight in there. Um, only allowed seven QB hurries, one QB hit, and three sacks in his freshman year. Which you know, as a freshman, that's that's pretty decent going. To be to be fair. Yeah, had a really good uh, sophomore year as well. No sacks given up in his in his sophomore year. I mean, this guy is just physically gifted, isn't he? This is this is your prototype. This is what you want your offensive tackle to look like. He's just a huge dude, big arms, and I mean the the way he plays is just absolutely fantastic. You know, he's those long arms he's using to get the. Uh, Defenders at length push him away really nicely. I think his feet are absolutely brilliant for a big guy. I think he, he sets his feet really well, sets himself really firmly to prevent any sort of special moves um, that defenders get in. So he's really um, he's really adept to stopping any sort of spins or swims or like anybody trying to get underneath him. I think he's he's got that really clocked um, well. He's what I noticed off the tape as well is just his vision and understanding of what's happening around him. Um, the way he's just able to, yeah, just turn his head, just see what's going on with everything, being able to help out where he can. Um, I thought, I thought that was absolutely uh, brilliant to watch. And just off the tape there, getting down to the second level when he's when he's cutting in is is just absolutely awesome as well. He's it's just a force, isn't he? The the, the dude's an absolute force of nature. Um, he, he's just huge, and you, you can just you can see straight away why teams are going to be enamored with him and why he's very much offensive tackle one in a lot of people's books. The one thing, one thing I do sort of think about him in terms of cons, I I do think he could stand to be a bit nastier. I felt Mm. like he was very controlled and I felt like he was, you know, as I say, he had an understanding of what was going on, really nice vision. And he was just that sort of control guy, but there wasn't a meanness to it. Like everything was very measured and everything was, you know, which, which is fine. And, you know, he's going to lead to uh, 
probably less penalties than some of the some of the other more violent guys. But I, I don't know. It, it felt like I'd, it, you can't mistake it for a lack of explosiveness because that's not what this guy. This guy does have explosiveness, but. Yeah, they, they, I just wanted to see a little bit more uh, from him, you know, just a little, just a little bit more violence, a little bit more grit out of him than than I saw. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. He's got the size and the length to be be like a sort of aggressive mauler, but he's more mm. of an ath- athletic technician, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, more he, that he, kind of smooth guy rather than nasty guy. Exactly. He's not. He's not flashy, is he? That, that's the thing. And like again, that probably isn't a bad thing. That's you know, if he if he's controlled and measured and you know all, all of that stuff. As I say, it's going to lead to less penalties and it's going to lead to less frustration out of him. But um, yeah, I, I just would like to see a little bit of a mean streak out of him. It's probably the reason why I haven't red starred him, but I have put him at a two because I think, as I say, I would really like to see. Roderick Jones play out on the left. There's probably three guys in this um, in this class that are left tackle that I would I wouldn't mind seeing Broderick Jones playing out on the right for, and Joe O is one of those guys because he's he's just absolutely superb at what he does. Um, so yeah, I, I've got him as a plus two, and I think he's I think he's going to be a very very good prospect at the next level. Yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've got him as a plus one. I've got him as a priority target. But I tell you what, I think he's he's the best all-rounder ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's best at run blocking and pass blocking combined yeah. in this whole group. I think there's there's a possibly better just run blockers and possibly better just pass blockers, pass protection guys. But he does both to such a high level that I think, yeah, you can, you're going to get this guy and he's going to make a difference. In terms of, I agree with everything you said. I won't repeat that. I, I think it's interesting that he was a tight end in high school. Mm. So... He definitely scoots. He's got a good sort of downhill speed and he's, he's, you can see him being used in the pulling game. You know, he's not just a sit out there and, and, and protect a blind side. You can, you can actually get him moving. Uh, he does it well. I would say I he hasn't got, although he's, he does scoot, I, I, I don't, and he's explosive. He hasn't got that, that massively explosive first step in the zone game. I don't think he's got that. He's not like a sort of penne Saul, you know, just amazing get out in front of a guy. Mm. And I, I, oh, maybe a bit nitpicky. His anchor, you, you don't see him drop his anchor. You know, he's not one of those guys that's going to, you know, he, he soaks up a bull rush, sinks his hips and just stops a guy. You don't, you don't see him do that. He has got an anchor, but he tends to more sort of like shuffle his feet and kind of wall off. Um, and that worked in college for him. But I, I do wonder if he's going to struggle against the more pure power rushes in the pros. But I wonder if it's just because he's got such nimble feet that he wins in other ways and that maybe he will be able to make that work in the pros. I don't know. It's something I can't tell. But his size, in fact, he's, uh, what is he, 6'8". I mean, you're always going to get, you know, some nasty-ass little dude that's going to get under your pads and out-leverage you, um, low-man win styles. And and you do see that happen. You can, he, he can be get got off balance a little bit and then, then he tries to get over, you know, tries to lunge and get gets over his toes in recovery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's, I think, you know, that's all kind of part of the learning process is, you know, to stay on balance, stay, because he, he's calm and he's smooth. So he wants to do that. It's just when he gets beat, he sometimes goes off balance. Mm. Uh, and then the only other thing I, is, uh, yeah, he does, he's not a road grader, like you say, and I don't, you don't see him shock people. 
I think he, he's more of a soaker than a shocker, if you know what I mean. He like soaks up pressure rather than he's not going to like punch a guy and, you know, I, I say like brock him out, you know, like disrupt his rush through destroying his balance. Yeah. He's, he doesn't do that. He, 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 he'll just kind of like absorb a guy's rush. And uh, like, as I said, like he'll grip and then move his feet and kind of wall him off and nullify him that way, which is, you know, that works great. But you, you don't see him kind of brock a, brock a guy at all. Um, but yeah, obviously, I think he is the top tackle. Number eight on the consensus board. PFF grades are off the chart. 90.7 offensive, 86 run block, 91 pass block. I mean, yeah. The only reason I didn't put him as a plus two is because he's he's so high up on the board that you'd have to move heaven and earth to get to him. So I just think yeah, it's one of those it's one of those targets that if you're in the region, you might be have a chance, but the Steelers don't have a chance. Uh, it's just, I think, yeah, it's a priority target. If you need a tackle, it's, it's just going to be one of those guys that someone's going to move up one or two spots. But there's, the thing is, in this class, you can get another good tackle without selling, you know, selling the earth to get up to pick five or whatever it is you're going to need to get this guy. That is true. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got him as a plus two in the in the in the hope that you know maybe some of these Hyatt teams are more reliant on this really strong wide receiver group as well. And you never know, he might fall a little bit back and a little bit back. And I, I doubt that will happen because he's just so good. And I, I do think he will be a, he'll probably be a, be a top eight pick in the, in this draft. Um, I think it'd be crazy if he's not, but yeah, I, I still had him at that plus two because I, I would be banging the table. I mean, this guy's only 21 as well. Like he's only just turned 21, I think as well. So I mean, oh, the the wealth of experience he's gonna he's gonna bring like, after a few years is just gonna be off off the charts. Uh, Ketz, what did you think? So I kind of assumed everybody would be very positive and, and kind of all <laughs> banging the table for him. So I did a couple of things. Firstly, I'm going to put on the table that I'm plus one for the for the record. Hmm. He doesn't just create gaps in the run game; he can create almost the giant. The Grand Canyon at times is it's frankly ridiculous with some of the plays. He can manoeuvre a guy using pretty much perfect mirroring to where he wants them in the run game. So the best way I can describe it is this guy is like a home mover that literally says to you, okay, where do you want the wardrobe in this bedroom? And then he puts <laughs> it in exactly the place you ask it for. And then you just happen to have a running back run through and dive out the window in to use uh, <laughs> But the way he positions grown-ass men is very impressive in terms of the way he can almost use his body and his technique, as Gav said, he's a very good technician, to put people at exactly the right angle that he wants them at. So I think that is is one of the most impressive things I saw on tape from him. Good awareness, as was mentioned, nice blitz pickups. He adjusts nicely in in pass protection most of the time. But then I was like, okay, so this guy's good. Everybody's going to rave about him. I put my sort of mind in terms of being a defensive coordinator. How would you attack this guy? What kind of weaknesses does he have? And, And there's not necessarily many, but he did give up pressure when his inside arm is attacked by a power rush. He didn't have kind of hand placement set correctly so i think that's one potential weakness um similarly if you've got a speed rusher that changes from outside sort of 
gets him convinced that they're going outside and then very quickly cuts back inside, he can struggle with change of attack angle. And and as mentioned, he can have a pocket kind of collapse as he's driven back towards the QB by a kind of speed to power bull rush kind of combination. Um, and as, as I think Gav said, um, if he doesn't get his feet set correctly, and it can take a few steps for him to do so, he doesn't have the kind of powerful explosive kind of, I think they call it like a kickback when you kick both your feet back and then just lower your body and instantly anchor. He doesn't have that in his game necessarily, or certainly I didn't see it. And there was a kind of QB hit against Ohio State um, because he was off balance. And I wonder if he can get exploited at the NFL level by that. Now, he doesn't do a lot wrong. This is very, very nitpicky, as Gav mentioned. But I also wonder if he gets doesn't get wide enough consistently in pass protection. Is that against a lateral agility, or is it he's aware that he's somewhat weaker on the inside, and therefore he doesn't fully get as wide? And therefore, at the NFL level, if you've got a real speed rusher athlete that has really good bend and can get in around the outside... That's something to watch. But that said, you know, 2022, Joe Alt played against Miles Murphy, who's now in the uh, in the NFL, had a good initial hand punch with his right arm, then extend to his chest without leaning forward. And Murphy's a very powerful and athletic pass rusher. He's got a bit of everything, and he handled him really well in, in that game that he played against him. So I think he's good. We've got no chance of getting anywhere near him. Even if you'd, you've got the 10th overall pick, you've probably still got no chance of getting near him. He's going to be offensive tackle one. But I quite enjoyed trying to find his weakness. That was quite a fun exercise. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to imagine Audric Estime running out the window now after you said about <laughs> running, running backs flying out the window. <laughs> you know my brain works in weird ways. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Right, should we move on to uh, the next guy? Well, before we move on to the next guy, I would like to say that there is somebody who is very high on Joe Alt, so far as to say that this is this man's red star, and that is missing draft uh, expert, Mike Farrell. Red star. <laughs> You've combined them. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> nice. Yes, uh, yeah, Mike sent me his red star and sleeper before the episode. Lovely to uh, lovely to hear from uh, new father Mike. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's all in on Alt. By the looks of it, he didn't give any uh, sort of specifics, but uh, yeah, red star for Joe Alt. Not, not Joel delete, Joel copy paste. From my... <laughs> what what happens if you alt copy? I oh, know, I don't know. You can't copy paste on anything, is it? Alt control, not control, alt delete. You don't want to do that, no. Exactly. Don't reset. <laughs> right, anyway, anyway, let's move on to another paste. Or yeah. a difficult name rather than the uh, simple three letter, three letter combo that he's got. Um, now, I'm just going to do the shortened version. Olu. Now, is it Fashanu, which is what people seem to say, or Fashanu, as we know here in the UK? Yeah, so we we obviously grew up with, like, John Fashanu and uh, his brother. Who was his brother? Um, Justin. Yes, Justin Fashanu. So, yeah, we say Fashanu, but everybody seems to say Fashanu uh, over in yeah. uh, over in the States. So let's let's stick with Fashanu. Fashanu. Look forward to that on, your, on game day. <laughs> <laughs> six foot six. Three, two, one pounds. I'd say he's a well-framed left tackle blindside protector with excellent hands in pass protection. He's, he's clearly a very powerful athlete who is excellent in pass protection, possibly needs work in run blocking. So this is what I was saying before about Joe Alt versus these other guys. 
You could argue that Fashionu is a better pass protector than Joe Alt, but Joe Alt is a far better run blocker than Fashionu is. Than Fashionu is, uh, and there's another, there's other run blockers later that aren't as good as pass protectors. So if you want an all rounder, go for Joe Alt. If you want just a blindside protector that maybe needs some development in the run game, I think that's for Fashanu. Sh- <laughs> another youngster, 21 years old, uh, zero sacks in college his whole career. Didn't, didn't get how many years that is, but it can't be that many years because he's only 21. Uh, good length. He sets really well. Uh, he, he, he doesn't do the thing where he's trying to cover up for some kind of weakness. That, that, that's what generally what it is when someone is undersetting or oversetting, like, like you said. I think, was it you, Ketz? Like, Joe Alt oversets, like, undersets because he's worried about getting beaten on the inside. Yeah. Well, Fashanu isn't worried about getting bit inside or outside, so he sets optimally. Right, he seems calm. He just drops into the the exact right spot because he's not worried. He can he can, he can match whichever way you go. He, he's not not going to worry about someone crossing out or so he doesn't he doesn't get he doesn't drift or stick too tight. Great timing in his strikes, and that's that's part of the, the reason why is he, he knows he can disrupt a rush with his hands, and he mirrors well, and he never lunges and never overextends. But what what I really love about him is his handwork. That's that's. Like, it, like it's a scouting term, independent hand use, right? What that actually means is because some, some, a lot of these guys, they just want to push with two hands. And it's a real skill to be able to use one hand because you've got to think about it. You're doing so many things. It's like driving a car, right? You're, you're moving your feet. You're watching the guy. And a lot of guys just want to get both hands on a guy as quickly as possible and either push or grip on and try and talk him to death. Well, Olu doesn't do that, right? He'll, 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 he'll always strike with the inside hand while deciding what to do with the outside hand. And that, and that allows him to really get like a sense of where the guy is and, and disrupt his rush. And then, so if, if he gets a hand in on the chest plate of the rusher, then that guy will probably try and chop his hand or, or grab on the outside of, of his hand. And then he's got the other hand free to come in and chop back and then dominate again. And that's why you like the independent hand use because you're, you've got two, you're attacking twice rather than once. And then... If, if that second hand is beat, then you can reestablish with both hands and grip on. But it, it's such an advanced technique to do that. And he's doing it. You don't see a lot of these guys in college coming out doing that independent hand stuff. So it, he's really ahead of that. Now, the, the issue with his hand placement is when he does get chopped away and he comes back with the double to, to, to reattach. So, you know, he'll strike once, strike twice, disengage, re-engage for the final grip to then to move him to the turf. He often attaches outside. Which could you could see a lot of the of those plays end up could be getting flagged for holding, so he just needs to work on his second strike uh, or a second phase of striking to go back inside and get back inside the arms of the the rusher. But he's so far ahead of these other guys, I'm not worried. You combine that his hand skills with his strength and his talk. I mean, you're getting him seeing people getting on the ground. He's just talking them. What what do I mean by that? Like he. He's got his both hands gripped on onto their chest plate or even outside in some cases. And he's just, he's, his feet are staying still and he's just turning his body and moving laterally, spinning. And he's just lifting a guy off and dunking him down like that, like a sort of wrestling kind of dunk. And that, and that requires amazing grip strength and, and this like kind of torque power in the, in the upper body. Combine that with his anchor. He's got a nice wide base, powerful legs to hold ground, sinks his hip. He, he just... He he has got the anchor that Joe Joe Walt doesn't have. You know he just he'll just drop his hips. Anchor is is dug in on the bottom of the ocean floor. You're not moving this die. It just kills the rush. 
as far as the run game goes, he's got good push, displays good strength, but here he does he, he does look a little bit clumsy in the run. He gets overextended, loses control, uh, his pad level comes up, uh, and doesn't really adjust to what's happening to him. So it's just he's just not a natural run game guy, and you've got to hope that that's going to develop for him as he goes forward because it's such a shame when a guy is such an amazing pass protector, but he's just kind of a bit soggy in the run. In terms of negatives outside of Outside of the run, uh, he's got slightly choppy feet. He's not—he's not one of those. Sort, he's not like the dancing bear type. He's not the smoothest. I think he could could gain from a little bit of stance work, a little bit of footwork. You do see him get a little bit off balance. It looks plays a tiny bit upright, tiny bit top heavy. Isn't hasn't got the best natural agility. Now I don't think that's going to change. You know, it, it, in terms of like pursuing stunters or or like picking up spies. Or, or to move out in the zone game, he's not one of those, like, he's not a penne Sewell again. He's not going to burst out with that sort of kick step, zone step, kind of get out in front of a guy. Um, and again, he's not hes not the most aggressive or physical either. You, no. you don't see him, like, stun a guy in the run game either. He's not going to, like, punch a guy to death. But ultimately, when it comes to him, I think if you're looking for a franchise left tackle, pass protector, this is your guy. You know, if the Steelers took him, Brojo would be stuck on the right-hand side playing the run game and this guy would be protecting the blind side. But I don't know if you watched the Ohio State game, but uh, JT Tuamolo, the bull rush gave him some troubles all game. Um, and it led to a lot of pressures and hurries. So I don't know if that was something to do with him giving up his chest plate with the outside second attachment or whether it was too upright. But that that guy seemed to give him fits. That was the only person on tape I saw that really sort of had his way with him. Mm. Uh, I don't think Tuamolo is in the draft. So that's one to watch out for in future years. But that guy yeah. looks looks aggressive. <laughs> in terms of PFF grade, offensive grade seventy eight, run blocking seventy, pass protection eighty eight. So that that kind of bears out kind of what I'm saying. So I'll, just to sum up, I like the pass protection, natural ability, but you might need a while to iron out some kinks to be truly blue chip. But he's going to be given as he's going to be taken high, and he's eleven on the consensus big board. I'm actually going with a zero. I'm going at value. I, I just think you take him there. I just I don't think you move heaven and earth to get him just because of the, the slight wrinkles in the run game. So I got a zero from me. Interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I obviously said there were a couple of people that I would stick Brojo. I would be happy with Brojo staying on the right. And this is another one of those guys who, who if he came in, yeah, I'd be more than happy to see Brojo stay on the right. Again, I agree with a lot that you've just said there. The aggressiveness again is something you know I I felt was a little bit lacking, but I I felt it was a little bit different to Alt. I think my sort of key concern with Fashanu was that he's explosive, but I do think it comes with drawbacks, and I think there were some whiffs from that explosiveness that you you could see on tape where. Yeah, he's 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 gone a bit too far. He's 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 kind of whiffed the tackle. He's not really able to recover properly from it. Um, that that was one of my sort of key concerns with him. I, one of the others as well. I, I felt like he just ended up on the floor more times than I wanted to see as well. Mm. Um, I in the was that in the run? I th- I think it might have been in the run mostly. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I, that just sort of uh, worried me a little bit. Like you don't you don't want to see your offensive tackle on the floor that many times. Um, I, I thought that kind of surprised me a little bit. But I mean, yeah, everything else you say, I mean, yeah, pass protection, absolutely awesome. Able to 
wrap defenders up in knots at times. Um, you know, he's got a good pancake on him. Um, a freight train into the second level as well. And as you say, those hands, he's a hand fighter, isn't he? Yeah, he's just not, he's a guy who's just, as you say, not two hands straight in there. He's uh, he's able to use them really well. I have actually got him as a one. I think because I had Alt as a two, I think it sort of makes sense to have Fashano as a one. I think he's, mm-hmm. I think he's a guy who, again, yeah, it's, some people have gone a little bit down on him, and I, I don't know why um, exactly. Um, I, I do think that's a little bit unfounded at times. Um, so, you know, if he was to somehow slip a little bit, um, I think it'd be less surprising than Alt, but at the same time, I would be a little bit surprised. Um, I do fully expect him to be a top 10 guy. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed what I saw from him. And uh, yeah, I've got him as a one. I wonder if people have been a little bit burnt by Charles Cross last year. Was it was it Seattle he went to? Yes, yeah. Where he was similar situation, like absolute top-notch pass protector, nothing in the run. And he's kind of, he's, has he struggled a little bit? I think it's fair to say he struggled a little bit. Yeah. And I just I just wonder if people are burnt and a bit wary of these kind of one one sided guys where they want maybe they'll 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 kind of move after guys that can do a little bit of everything maybe to a lower level and that's why we're seeing Joe Alt being so coveted. Possibly, I wonder if it's a bit of that. I, I think it's maybe the fact that if Olu had have come out last year, it would have been OT one. I, I think a lot of people were disappointed that he didn't come out last year, albeit he was still very, very raw and very young. He would have been what nineteen twenty last year if he yeah, had come a out sophomore last, year. last year, wasn't he? I think, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people just kind of expected him to to absolutely dominate this year, and you know, walk to that offensive tackle one spot. And I think actually, when people watched the games, they were really impressed by what Joe Alt has done, and maybe the fact that that's kind of happened is, is kind of led to people being a bit more down on, on Olu. I don't know if, uh, if, if that's kind of the, the consensus. That's certainly what I hear from the, the guys on the sort of the Travis Sikama PFF podcast when they've kind of discussed him this year. So yeah, I don't think I can really add a lot to, to what you guys have said. I'm, I'm plus one. I think you've covered the, the positives in the past game and the negatives in the run game. So not much more to add, really. Cool. Do you want to take us to the next guy then, Kits? Yeah, can do. Let's go to... Let me have a look at the list. Um, I don't know if you guys have kind of organised. I've kind of organised it to left tackles and and right tackles. So... Uh, No, I've um, I've kind of gone a bit freeform with it. Just go. Go, go, go. Whoever tickles your fancy there, Kits. Don't worry about order. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to stick to the left-hand side of the line just for, for neatness and, and order. I'm going to go with Jordan Morgan from Arizona. Uh, he is 6'4 and 312 pounds. I'm just going to put out there at the top that his arms are 32 and 7 eighths inches long, which is below the, the kind of 33, 34-inch arms standard for NFL tackles. But having said that, this guy has played a lot of college football. He's played 2,000 plus snaps at left tackle, played 700 in 2021, 670 in 2022, 787 in 2023. Suffered an ACL injury in November 22. And as you can imagine, there's quite a lot of pressure on on the knee when you're playing these kind of tackle positions. He's got quite a compact frame. Obviously, he's only 6'4", so that's kind of almost 
slightly below the kind of standard size you'd want for a tackle, especially on the left-hand side of the line. Leverage and anchor. He's got quite a lot of mass at the centre of his frame. His proactive hand uses is, is, is quite good. Footwork's okay. He's got a steady kind of kick slide when he's sort of moving out to the left to, to pass protect. Yeah. I've got the fact that he has good quickness and good mirroring, but his kick slide is it somewhat looks as though he's slightly behind everybody else in terms of the reaction to the snap. He definitely struggled on some of the tape that I watched. He seemed to struggle against bull rushes. He tried to kind of counter with hand fighting, but got his arms up kind of too high, almost in and around the helmet, which is far from an ideal technique. And he missed pickups completely versus UCLA. Um, He was double teaming a rusher with the tight end and they missed they kind of missed the double in linebacker who came through late for what should have been a sack were it not for the kind of quarterback's ridiculous escapability on that particular mm, play. That play yeah, yeah he, he lost to an inside spin move, has a tendency to want to go outside with every single snap. I feel like an NFL coordinator would kind of cook up, okay, let's pretend we're really going outside and then we're going to hit you really hard repeatedly on the inside. And I feel like he'd, he'd potentially... Uh, have a bit of a nightmare of a game against against a team if they did that against him. Doesn't yeah, seem... he likes to. Um, sorry to interrupt. He likes to, just yeah. while you're talking about that UCLA game. He definitely likes to overset. He's more comfortable going out and trying to win back in, isn't he? Yeah, um, I don't know what he's covering up there, but um, I thought he did pretty well in that game against Latu. Apart from the time where he overset massively and got beat inside for a pressure as well. So there were, there were definitely it was kind of inconsistent that game because sometimes he he had Latu in. Latu's, you know, they're the UCLA's big draft prospect, edge rusher. Yeah. But I thought he did pretty well against him on the whole. But yeah, obviously he got beat there and got beat again on that blitz. It's kind of inconsistent, annoying. Yeah, there's some positives and some negatives. I guess it's the same with most of these guys. He, he definitely can't change direction quickly. Once he's trying to anchor, he loses his kind of agility, which is a shame because he is quite an agile tackle given he's slightly smaller. But once he's trying to set his anchor, he doesn't seem to be able to move quickly as a result of that. In the run game, in zone running scheme, I think you'd you'd be all right with this guy in your team. Good kind of push to the inside. Good athleticism to get to the outside and to block at the second level. Does have a shot put background as well, which is interesting. But I think he's kind of... Is, it, is he a bit of a tweener in terms of the size and the arm size in particular? Is he going to be the first guy that we say, or is he going to end up as a guard at the next level? I think he's got versatility to potentially play either at guard or at tackle, but I, I think you'd maybe have him as, as potentially a struggling kind of tackle. You wouldn't necessarily want to put him out as your franchise left tackle every week. So perhaps he'd end up as a kind of swing lineman or a depth piece for a team at, at the next level. So... Taking all that into account, I went minus one in the end, which might be a little bit harsh, but I, I just think based on the the tape that I saw, I was just convinced by the by the end of it that he was going to get beat consistently on the inside at the next level. Fair enough. I think I think he'd suit a zone a zone scheme pretty well. I think he, I like his first step. He gets out that, with that initial burst. Mm. Uh, I think he likes going forward more than going backwards. Like you said, in the kick slide, I think he's 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 not so he's not so snappy going back. But I think going forwards, he's he's got some explosion. Uh, on the whole, though, I quite liked him. I I I had him at a zero at value. I had him. 
he, he tore his ACL in November 22 and came back strong, came back even better. So you like that. Uh, I do think you're right. I think you might see him move inside, but I think that might play to his strengths, literally his strength and also his explosion, which which you could use without the the lack of length and also his lack of range. So I do I do think he's got the floor of being a very good guard, which is why I put him at value. Considering he's 35 on the consensus big board, you know, you, you're definitely getting a good guard and you've got a shot at a tackle, you know, see how he works out. PFF grade, 83 offensive, 77 run blocking, 87 pass protection. So they, they've got him being a better pass protector than a run blocker. Um, I kind of basically agree with everything you said. The only other thing I want to add is he's 24. So he's a little bit of an older prospect. But yeah, I thought he was great in his own game. Good agility, good explosion, good hip and knee bend, decent hand placement, grip and anchor. It's all there. Footwork when engaged, play smooth. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's just the range, oversetting, probably because of a lack of length, but you're never quite sure. But yeah, I think he's probably compensating for his lack of length. And yeah, I, don't, I didn't see much violence or aggression. Another one, another kind of passive guy. What do you think, Mark? Do you see much ag- aggression out of him? No, I mean, I didn't, but I actually was a bigger fan of him than I think I am for, for both you guys. Yeah, the ACL injury was a bit of a concern. Um, although, as you say, I think he did uh, he did come back strong from that. The arm length is a possible area for concern as well. I, ju- I just felt like he lacked... So sort of a wow factor for me, but I thought his good parts were really good and really solid. Like I thought his, uh, I thought there was a nice shuffle in his footwork. I thought he was uh, very good uh, with his patience. I think there was a there was a quickness to his game. Maybe not elite, but there was there was a quickness to it. Um, he's a high energy guy. I think his his balance is good. His center of gravity is good. I, I just think overall he's a very solid prospect um and i i really enjoyed what i saw from the tape from him um and i'm not the only one and it's very rare that the third guy on the board can be given this uh, given this tag but i think given the the depth of this class maybe uh this is allowed but mike has given this guy the sleeper tag I now, can you can you really have a guy who's projected to go in the back end of the first round a sleeper tag? I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I mean I I see where Mike's coming from on that. I've actually given him a one. Um, I I think overall he's got a really really uh, solid uh, solid game uh, to him. So you know he is a little bit older. He has got past injury concerns, but I think this dude can really do a do a job for him and. Unfortunately, I've seen him being uh, touted to go to the Ravens uh, quite a lot, and that would uh, that would just continue the route of Ravens drafting people I really like that really annoys me. So um, I fully expect it to happen now. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm quite a fan of Jordan Morgan. Um, I'm hoping he uh, I, I'm hoping he has a good Sunday at the combine and uh, and kind of shows shows where that is. What would you say is uh, the main thing you like about him? What's his best trait that you that you like? I would say, I I think the thing that stuck out to me the most was that patience. I I thought his patience was really really good. He was very anticipatory of all the of uh, everything that he was he was doing in there. Um, as I say, high energy as well. Like I I like my high energy dudes. I like my guys who look like they they're giving a lot of effort in there. And I I felt that really shone in in a lot of the tape that I saw out of him. 
Okay, well, there's, there's a very high energy guy in this draft class. I wonder if you're going to go to it. <laughs> I, I, I may well do. Um, I, I will say just uh, kind of behind the scenes thing, this offensive tackle talk is so intense that I just randomly had a nosebleed out of nowhere. So if I sound you're a joking. little bit different, yeah, I, I've currently got a tissue up my nose. I did wonder, it's, it should be me that should be bleeding because I've got someone yeah. else's bit of ribcage in my face, but yeah. no, it's you. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know what happened there. It's sympathy, a sympathy bleed for you, I think. There oh, for, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, but man. Um, yeah, just I, out of absolutely nowhere. I don't know what was going on there. But yeah. Um, yeah. Are you okay? Do you, need, do you need to pause? Do you need to no, no, see I'm medical all, attention? First no, responders? I'm all bandaged up. Right? Well, bandaged up. I'm, uh, I've shoved a tissue up there and I think we're good to go. Um, wow. So... Yeah, let's uh, let's let's crack on. Um, so let's go. We're going to go to a right tackle now for you for you cats. We're going to go to uh, Talies Fuego at Oregon State. Same, it's not Fuego. Fuego. Oh, I mean, let, yeah. Let's talk about this dude, shall we? Has anyone got his age, by the way? Because I did not find age for Fuego for some reason. Nothing. I've got him as being twenty-two. 22 that makes sense yeah he's a junior class guy so yeah that that makes sense wow. six foot five 332 pounds as i say out of oregon state uh he uh started limited play time as a freshman just three games but didn't allow anything in that sophomore year 12 games over 700 snaps eight qb hurries two qb hits no sacks uh 2023 12 games 700 snaps 12 qb hurries two qb hits Again, no sacks. Uh, he was uh, first team all Pac-12 in 2023. Outland Trophy Selling final nomination. Uh, second team all Pac in 2022 as well, just to show uh, just to show that off. I've we've been talking. We've just talked about three guys that haven't got the uh, the violence and uh, mean streak to their game. So let's talk about oh. a guy that's got some violence and mean streak to his game, shall we? This oh. dude is a beast he is explosive off the line he's 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 a run blocking dominator this dude he's quick he's imposing his hands his hand uh, usage is absolutely fantastic um he's uh, able to quickly and efficiently create big holes in the run game as well as i say he just plays with that violent streak that you love to see but it's not it's not too wild a violent streak that he's he's going to be generating all all the sort of uh Bad penalties. I'm not entirely sure what his penalty rate is there in in college, but I mean, yeah, he's still got a control to it. It's a controlled violence that I, you love to see on there, and uh, decent anticipation and timing as well. Sets a base really well. As I say, no sacks allowed in college, which is just absolutely awesome to see, especially the amount of snaps he was playing. I absolutely love this dude. This is my red star. Red star. Yes, I love the fact that you're still using the uh, my one as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I love 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 this dude. There are moments of inconsistency, for sure. I think he can get beaten laterally a little bit too easily as well. And uh, again, the arm length might be a little bit of a concern. Um, I th- I think there's a little bit of uh, arm length issue going on there. But I mean, other than that, I mean, this dude's just Jesus. He just fights, doesn't he? He's he's an absolute warrior, and that's what I love to see. An, an island warrior, right? He's one. He's an island of yeah, island I believe, heritage. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Ketch, do you want to do you want to wax lyrical about this guy? Uh, yes, please. Just to correct, Binners, uh, Oregon State 
kindly gave us the phonetic pronunciation. It's Torlisa Fuaga. Torlisa Fuaga, okay. And he is 21. His birthday is the 5th of April, 2022. 2022? Hang on. Give me turn two. He is one years old, ladies and gentlemen. So that makes him 22 in, in by the time the season. I always do the age of, sorry, I always do when the they, age. When the season, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the season. So it'd be 22 come, come rookie year. Okay, good. You, you've all passed the comprehension check what Katz is saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this guy is a Steelers scheme fit, in my opinion. Ding! Run game dominator, Mauler with a capital M, sets a physical tone in the trenches. Every team should want this guy in their roster. He has got that bulldozer mentality, fights on every single snap, solid anchor, solid power throughout his frame. He's quick, athletic. Um, the one downside is he sometimes tries to hit too hard. He's a little bit overzealous, but I like it. I like it very much. 1,564 snaps across 25 starts. Pass protection. Um, doesn't start low. Footwork could do with a little bit of tightening up, but he does have good recovery ability when a rusher does beat him. And he runs the guy further round the quarterback. He's one of these kind of push the the rusher all the way behind and round and, and takes him out into the countryside for a random drive. You know, he's, uh, he's that kind of guy rather than just a, a kind of stop and absorb pressure where you are kind of guy. Athleticism, he should not be able to move at the speed that he does. Second level, he can just be running flat out as some poor linebacker who must be wondering whether his life insurance premiums are up to date at that point. <laughs> It must be like a train hitting you. He's got great motor. He seeks work on every snap. The comment about his arms, I find like he used kind of his arms to buy space where he needs to. Mm. Um, this kind of heavy, independent hand fighting that's going on. You can see the disruptive impact of his hands on, on kind of incoming rushes. He can push a guy over with just his hands and arms. Again, this is the right-hand side of the line compared to the left, but his biggest weakness is his kind of inside shoulder, inside movements could be potentially set up against um, kind of elite pass rushers. I saw guys that had either a quick inside spin move. So imagine if he was going up against Alex Highsmith. I think Highsmith's inside spin move could work for against him. Alternatively, kind of a lateral shift or sort of stutter step left by his opponent could have him in trouble. But that yeah. said, he counters his weaknesses with his power and gets away with it more than he's got any right to, to do so. Footwork could do with a little bit of improvement, maybe. But you know, he's twenty-one. We can work on these different things. He's he's a little bit like a rear-wheel drive car. He can slightly drift out of position sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not totally under control. Um, but his awareness against blitzes is, is, is maybe a development point too. But all of that said, if this wasn't an elite, elite offensive tackle class, this guy could be OT one in a normal year. If right. Steelers want to eat in the run game, it's this guy. Get that shotgun back out. He's my red star as well. Yeah. Red star. Wow. So uh, I'm guessing you're both plus two. Yes. No. I am as well. No. I am as well. Nice. But I was very close to red starring him, but I didn't. Because I, I, I figured there'd be a lot of red stars for this guy. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't looking not to red star him. I was I was very... I, literally, I'd penciled it in. But then I was just... I saw something... Well, I'll get on to that, what I saw. Let's talk about Fuaga. I'm going to go through all my notes just to give him just to give him a rough 
uh, a fair uh, cut here, although it might be repeating some of the things. Aggressive, finishing, explosive, explosive and powerful right tackle. I think he is a right tackle, do you think? Yes. I'm, I, I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. think you want to moving over to left tackle with a nasty streak. Uh, well-proportioned squat frame for his size. Uh, had a career year in 23, but was second team All-Pac-12 in 22, was first team All-Pac-12 in 23. Now, why, why his measurables. When I saw him, I watched him first and then went to the measurables after. I was expecting him to be a bit shorter than 6'6". Six, six. I, was, I was thinking this was a 6'4 guy because he's so thick. Mm. It's deceptive. He doesn't look as, as tall and he doesn't necessarily have the length either. But when you find out he's 6'6", six, six, you're like, okay, wow, he's so well proportioned. He's so strong. And that, and that shows he does brock people. Like his strikes are powerful. Like you can see him, it shakes, you know, it shakes people's feelings out when he hits them. It's that bad. Um, but he's got a nice smooth kick, side, kick slide and an explosive first step. And he keeps nice and square in pass protection as well. He doesn't, he doesn't kind of get turned too easily. But it's, it's all about that dog, isn't it? It's like that fiery, aggressive edge he plays with. It's just fun to watch. Uh, you mentioned the hand timing, the powerful strikes. You definitely see him stun a dude. It's good placement, but you'd like to see more refined skills. The, uh, the independent hand use uh, I talked about earlier with... For Shanu, uh, for Fuaga doesn't have the independent hand use. And, and if he can learn that, that will really up his game. Um, so that's something he should be working on. And if he does, oh my God, he's going to be a, a tricky. But real asset in the zone game and the screen game, you can, you can get out, he can get downhill, he can reach block, he can seal lanes, gets down to the second level well, he can block multiple guys. So no, no questions there. He's, he's a good mover. Um, plays with better pad level than all of the big guys above, I think. So he plays he plays low. Um, he doesn't he doesn't get out leverage very often. Yeah, good patience, good timing, solid anchor. And I just put a note here: this is one of size competitive edge guys that he's been going on about mm. since the last draft class, like Witherspoon and uh, Nick Bolton and everyone. You know, he said Simon Simon saying his approach was going to be: you know, if if you see one of these guys that's got this competitive edge, you should you should look at them ahead of everything else, technique. You know, size, strength, everything else. Just get go after these guys with this competitive edge. So I know that Sai would be would be raving about this guy. Uh, in terms of negatives, yeah, no elite length, but it's sufficient length. It's fine. It's just not elite. Work on his hand fighting, as I said. Needs to protect his chest plate. Does give that up a little bit. He's definitely more. He likes to use that brock out. He likes to use that jolting. He's more of a jolter, more of a puncher than a grip and stop. So like the opposite of what I was saying about some of the other dudes earlier, that all they do is grip and stop. They don't do the jolting. He doesn't do the grip and stop. So, you know, you could learn to latch on a little bit and anchor and slow a guy down. I think I, th- I think his instincts in pass protection are still developing, um, as in room to grow. I think he's got some inconsistencies in footwork, which will help his balance. Uh, it's not bad. His balance isn't bad, but you see a few lunges here and there. Only really played right tackle. But I don't know. Could he could he play on the left? Maybe if he if he if he irons out some of the things, some of the finer points, he could he could play left tackle. But he could also play guard. You know, I think I think ultimately you just want this guy on your O line. I mean, who cares? Just get this guy in there. He could just he's just going to rip people up. And the last thing is you, you do see him overset a little bit at times. I thought, mm. but um, but on the whole, PFF they got him as an offensive grade eighty eight point two. 
run blocking 90.9 number one overall this is the this is the most productive run blocker in the entire ncaa last year so that tells you all you need to know pass protection solid 80 so you know the high grades you could say he's over aggressive but who cares he's a tone set i don't care 14th on the consensus big board draft at all costs you move heaven and earth to get this guy you want this guy and very close to my red star and, and the two red stars we've had says it all this is this is a uk steelers guy i think absolutely yeah as you said i i think i agree with you i think Sai would be a would be a big guy I, I was surprised this wasn't mike's um red star because mike has previously uh kind of swooned over uh fuaga in uh, in some respects so um i'm I, he's still a huge fan of him but um yeah i'm guessing he just preferred alt a little bit more um i would move heaven and earth for this guy i i would absolutely be on board with getting getting up to where we need to for him it's interesting because you see some i i feel like he's definitely a top 10s prospect but you see some people maybe seeing him slip a little bit out of the top 10 i think if he slips any further i'm just trying to think where maybe up to about 12 13 i would be like go and get them like Pay what price you need to and go and get this guy for the love he of is, God. He is um, 14 on the consensus big board right now. God, I mean, that's. I, I think he'll get drafted higher than that because of the. You know, I just think offensive tackle is just that needed um, with these, with some of these really, with some of these top 10 teams. But uh, yeah, if he, if he fell that far, oh, I would be just screaming at the telly for us to trade up 100%. Same. I'm praying How for much a... would it cost to go? That's, that's quite a move. Six it's it's quite a move, but round. I think this dude's worth it. <laughs> like, I, I, I genuinely believe to to absolutely shore up your left and right hand side of your O line. Uh, yeah, please, I would, I would hundred mm. percent do it. You've got to pray for a quarterback run. You've got to pray for a cornerback run. You can uh, get a good wide, wide receiver, receiver run, run out of this. I yeah. think. Yeah, I think quarterback and wide receiver are going to be the two that, if you see runs there, you might see some of these tackles drop a little bit. But uh, as I say, I mean, yeah. these tackles are these top three tackles in particular are just monsters. So I don't mm. see any of them falling out of the top ten, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. I think it's me. I think I'm going to move on. May, I may, may, maybe take us to a slightly different place to what people are expecting. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go to uh, Oklahoma. Now, there's actually two Oklahoma tackles in this draft, both of them quite highly touted, but I'm going to go with the one that's slightly ahead. The other one's uh, Ra- Ru- Ru- uh, what's he called? Ruse, Rouse. Uh, not that guy. It's uh, Tyler Guyton mm. out of Oklahoma. 6'7", 328 pounds. Now, this is, this is your right tackle. I don't think he's a left tackle, but here this is your athletic, mobile guy with great frame and elite length. And he looks like, to me, what I call the predator frame, which if you, if you picture how Chase Young looks, that, that build just looks like the predator, you know, just like absolutely jacked up. Just, do you think this guy's like 21 or whatever and looks like that is ridiculous. I couldn't actually get an age on him. I think he's young, but... Um, I didn't get one either, yeah. Yeah, mm. and there's a couple of guys I couldn't... But this this guy is just a mover. He moves... In all aspects, he looks so good on the move. Pass protection, run blocking, and you just love his base. So wide. All of the guys above, every, every single person we've talked about so far has played with a slightly narrow base. It's fine. I mean, it's something they can all look to widen a little bit and 
this guy's base just immediately you notice it it's so wide so strong and 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 he bursts out of that stance and just gets downhill and hits with power amazing hip and knee bend smooth kick slide just covers so much ground he's he's a real glider he's the most glider in the whole class i thought he moves he moves like i want a first round draft pick tackle to move takes good sharp angles is decisive patiently waits and then strikes and, and and he's got that great anchor so i think this is your point of attack line man you know this this is your guy you want to get him out downhill into space oklahoma would actually move him up and down the line depending what they wanted to do with their run game if they wanted to pull it from the other side he'd flip over to the other side and then pull across he just gets downhill in a hurry for a guy what did i say he is six seven three two eight so that, this is a huge hulking individual but moves he moves like the predator honestly and, and it, it comes he's quite raw actually in terms of other aspects of his game are not up to scratch but it's just purely the way he moves i do like his hand use um he reapplies well got a little bit of independent hand usage got good grip strength uh, reacts well he's got amazing balance basically this guy is just he's got the he's got incredible frame and incredible agility i like his aggression I mean, you do see him like you see him chase people past the Gatorade bucket on screens, deep into the end zone on goal line plays. Got the strength to toss people around like straw men. But, you know, he's, he's definitely not there. He's, he's definitely a more raw prospect than any of these guys. But I don't care. And that's why he's my... Wow. I mean, yeah, I'll be honest, right? He, he needs to refine some footwork in the run game. He needs to work on finer points of run blocking when not on the move. When he's, when he's moving, he's, he's awesome. But if, if it's a sort of more power game, he hasn't got it. Only got nine starts at tackle. Uh, could definitely get out of position. He can let rushers get across him. Doesn't always see what's going on. He's not polished in any way. This is an upside pick. This is all upside. Dominated first day of the senior bowl practice, apparently, but struggled after they, they moved him to the left side. So I think this is all a case of projection. This is, this is a projection pick from me. Um, and, and, and that's borne out in the PFF grades, offensive grade of 63.7, run blocking 60, pass protection 72. So this is not a guy that you're going to turn on the tape and see a finished product. You're not, this isn't Joe Alt. This isn't a guy that you're just going to plug and play. You know, he might not start in the first year at all. This is all about the enticing, what you can see, the, the, what you can see what he could become. I think the things that we're sit that the, the the knocks on him are all fixable and they're all developable. What you can't teach is the natural gifts that he's got, and that just the way he moves is incredible. Um, it made me think of the Running Man. It made me think of the quote from that film where he, there's a picture of Arnie running, and and I don't know if you've seen that, like the gate, that the killer game show thing. And one of the guys that's he's like a selector for the game show. He goes, "Look at that mother move." <laughs> that's what I felt about this guy. I just I've not seen a tackle move like this with this size and this power. And just I, you can just imagine the, the the schemes you draw up. Like you think about how dominant um, Alan Fanica was, right? When when he was on the move and he would just get down here and just punch people and move them out the way. I think that that's what this guy could be. But from the tackle position. I'm very excited about this guy. I've got him at a plus two, draft at all costs. I would be moving. He's 27 on the consensus big board. It's an awkward spot. That's, you know, the, the Steelers, it would be a bit of a reach to take him. They're not going to get him in the second round, so I can't see it happening. But I, I, I love the potential this guy's got. I think, you know, 
it, it would be easy to write him off based on the things that you guys are going to say you didn't like about him. But I, I love the movement skills. Go on, what you got to say? I'll be honest with you. I don't hate a lot of that. I'm big on this guy. I, I think he is, uh, I, as you say, he is, he is a prospect and he's very much the definition of prospect. You know, we, we're probably going to have to wait a while to see this guy at his absolute very best. Um, but I think there's a couple of guys like that in this draft. And if you're talking about right tackles in particular, I, th- I think this is the most intriguing one of the lot where you is a guy who's possibly going to have to sit for a bit, but you know, then after that, I'll see how, how good he's going to be. I, th- I think this is one of the, the most intriguing out of, out of the whole class. Um, as you say, yeah, nice sharp feet, good vision, um, swift fighting hands. I, I've got him down here as, as heaven as well. Um, you know, be sharp off the line of scrimmage despite his, his big size. Um, you know, dis- uh, I feel like he's still quite a disciplined pass protector, even though he's uh, he's a bit of a bit of a raw prospect. Um, is the arm length another sort of issue with this guy? Is this another guy with a bit of arm length issue? I, I thought the length was good, but you, you're saying you didn't you didn't see that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think possibly the measurables. Maybe he's using his arms better in a, in a way. I don't think the measurables are elite. But um, I mean, I, as I said, he's still putting those to great use. He's you know really tight holds. Um, I think he's got very impressive leverage and power as well. So I, I was really impressed by this dude. As, as you say, limited start and experience. Um, he has had some snaps at left tackle, but not not a massive amount. As you say, he's only what, what do you say? He only started nine games at nine tackle. Games, yeah. yeah, so yeah. It, it is very limited. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's raw. Um, I think there are some issues there. I think there's some anchoring issues um, that you need to sort out. Uh, generally, in the run game, I think he he can be better, and I think he needs to to work on that a little bit more. I do think he gets um, yeah, kind of uh, people can shed on him quite a, quite a bit too easily. He's he's a raw prospect, but I really like the upside of it. Um, I've got him as a plus one. Um, I did have him as a kind of at value, but. You know, as you say, he's he's twenty seven on there, so it's a bit difficult to say at value when we're picking higher than that. And I I I would be more than happy to kind of take him at twenty. Um, I I think he would be a very intriguing upside guy to take there. So yeah, give give me a plus one on Tyler Guyton. Kirsten, I'm going to go minus one then on the basis <laughs> of you two being high on him. Um, just to give some balance to the listener now this is a very cool dude from a vibe scouting perspective he's got his shades on in his OU picture his major is multidisciplinary studies have we any insights on what that could be the study of multi things multi tools multi chairs multiple forms of discipline Uh, the The cane a switch what else (laughs) you got there wrap on the knuckles yeah (laughs) Who knows? But I just, Solitary I was, confinement and poisoning until your <laughs> opponents are dead. Chinese water torture, all, all sorts. Okay, let me just go back and recheck that vibe scouting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting guy. It was a TCU transfer, started as a defensive tackle, I believe. He played games as a, so a defensive tackle, a H-back, and he did have six receiving yards just to give him his full collegiate stat recognition. Can you imagine that guy running at you as a running back? Oh, my God. Crazy. <laughs> so 2022, he started at left tackle, but then switched over to right for most of the season. 2023, he played in 10 games. 
and nine starts at right tackle. So the first question is, where do you even put him on the field? First, for year one, he comes in as tackle eligible and, and just dominates in the red zone. And then yeah. year two, hopefully you get him in at right tackle, I think. Mm. So the way I looked at him, he looks quite light on tape. He can be manipulated and beaten. A swing move against him had a rush of clean through. He was driven backwards at times, occasionally with arms round an opponent in a senior bowl, which would have been a far too easy holding call in the NFL. He can double team, he can disengage, and then re-pick up the new block on the same snap in a sort of duo block to pick up the linebacker that's blitzing. He does that okay. Uh, does get low and uses leverage reasonably well. He's got nice football IQ and awareness. But he's very, very raw. I think he could have done with another year at college, personally. I'd have massive hesitations in, in a first-round pick. So based on that consensus that you mentioned, Mark, I've, I've got to go minus one because I don't think he's a first-round guy at all. I think when we compare what Brojo was in terms of being a little bit raw last year, this guy's more raw than that. This guy is like a, almost like a blue steak. He's that raw. So <laughs> I think uh, he, he's too high on the consensus board. I think people are just looking for tackles in this day and age, and I think they, they've got that wrong if, if they are going to draft it that high. I'd like to hope that the NFL would look at this and and take that with a pinch of salt and have him as a round two guy. I don't think I don't think he's a round one guy at all. So on that basis, I, I think I'd have gone kind of at value, but based on that, I'm I'm going minus one because I genuinely don't think he's a first round pick, and I don't that's, want to see unless to take him at twenty. That sounds very similar to somebody else. I think we're going to come on to for my opinion, <laughs> but um, fair enough. Yeah, it's, it is fair enough because if if you want your first round pick to come in and start, this isn't that guy. Yeah, you might not see him for a year. Yeah, I don't. So that's a, that's a, a fair point. I don't think we're in a position where we can wait for guys necessarily. I think we've got to have our first round. But we've had too many first round picks over the last five years, and I'm not going to start going on about Kevin Colbert again. But we need them to hit, guys. We need this team to get better and quickly. Otherwise, we'll be picking in the top five in the next few years. It would. I, I would be. Sorry, I was going to say I, I would be prepared for another year of Dan Moore just to know that this guy was in the coming next year. Mm. Was in the pipe. I think we're going to have to put up with another year of Dan Moore by the sounds of it as well. <laughs> um, from uh, from what what some people are hearing, but uh, yeah, there you go. Um, but I, I'm with you, Gav. Like I would be. I I I get what you're coming at, Kets. I I totally understand where you're coming at from that. But I think the upside on this dude, if you're patient enough, is going to be well worth it. Just the rare, rare movement skills. Mm. Okay. Just... I'll put on my uh, rose-tinted spectacles and I'll go back and watch him. And, and what what level of hospital drugs were you on, Gav, just, just to <laughs> clearly make sure I, I I'm I in the right the, kind of chemical frame of mind for this? Uh, 20 milligram uh, codeines by that point. Okay. That's fine. So you've got an out then. Mark, your nosebleed has only been today, so it's not necessarily when you watched him. Have you got any excuse you wish to uh, lodge? I, I was so excited to talk about him. My nose just exploded. So, you know, well, that might have been Fawaga, to be honest. But yeah. Right, Ketch, I, I think I you're right. I had to ask. Let's have a look who to go to next. I'm not sure what the... There's probably a guy that's that's higher up the um, consensus rankings. I think he's probably the guy to talk about next, being as we're on a kind of 
a right tackle run, as it were. And that is Amarius Mims out of Georgia. Georgia, obviously, a school that's had a lot of uh, tackles recently, including Mr. Broderick Jones. 6-7, and it varies between 3.30 and 3.40 from what I've seen. Should have the combine measurables now. Yeah. Not, you, probably probably the lower of the two. No, yeah, I yeah. think they're tomorrow for the O-linemen, I think, or possibly... Well, O-linemen are Sunday, aren't they? So, oh, so they have not even been measured yet? Okay. I think they get measured tomorrow, potentially. Okay. Can't remember off the top I, of I find with tackles, usually the lower number is more accurate. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if we say six, seven, three, thirty, this is the guy that has been commonly mocked to your Pittsburgh Steelers, ladies and gentlemen. He is athletic enough to get out to the second level, and he can pancake. It tends to be smaller guys with ease. Doesn't have the short speed to get all of the way outside on running reps. He has kind of high hands in in press protection. He plays very vertically on the tape that I watched. Dealt well with spin moves, but I do feel like he could struggle with NFL speed rushes. He he's not fully mirroring players as kind of ideally as you'd like him to. He's kind of opening his hips and can then lose on an inward breaking sort of move. There's good hand fighting on some snaps, but he tends to lose reps early on and then kind of have to kind of recover throughout the rest of the rep. And ultimately, I feel like he uses his size advantage in terms of his recovery quite a lot. He does work well with his teammates. There's examples of good kind of work with the guard. And he has actually had snaps at right guard as well on on the tape that I watched. Again, there's a lot of guys in this draft that lack experience. And the lack of experience here, you're talking kind of seven career starts at, at right tackle he played 682 snaps over the last two years. And this is where my concern for him comes in, particularly given how often he's been drafted to the Steelers on, on a number of the mock drafts I've seen. He had a high ankle sprain and missed six games, and then he re-injured it again in the SEC Championship game. I think his development, footwork, and hand-punch timing need some work. He's winning with size at the college level, but given the the kind of technique refinements that I think think he needs, he's a raw kind of unrefined run blocker who uses his big body and length. But he doesn't necessarily have the drive and finish in the run game, but he didn't need to at his size in college, but he will need to do that in the next level. And I just have concerns that he might have picked up some, some kind of bad habits. He needs to stop leaning in on on pass rushes as well. You've got the size, dude. Let them come at you and just absorb that pressure. To me, he's a bit of a lottery ticket, really. And I'm of the opinion that I don't want the Steelers to take a lottery ticket. And similar to the last guy that you've just talked about, Gav, I think Mims is a lottery ticket. It's very much a projection. I've got no doubt it'll be a first-round tackle, but the best ability is always availability. And he hasn't demonstrated that consistently throughout his kind of Georgia career. So I am either at zero or minus one. Do you need some thinking time? We can come, we, we can let us talk and then you can decide about which way you are. Yeah. Okay. It was weird because it, it, it was a total coincidence, but I, I started watching 
So I've got the uh, I've signed up back up for the all twenty two cut up caddies cut ups on Patreon. Superb, big the, fan. The, of that. Uh, the the two games I watched were the two games where he got injured, South Carolina <laughs> and Alabama. So I watched the first game. He goes, gets injured after about you know a quarter, and then the next game I go, okay, well that's a shame. I put on the next one. He gets injured again with the same ankle. I think what this guy's an absolute sick note. And then and then it turns out there were just the two games that he got injured. It was very strange. But yeah, the the medicals are concerning. I pretty much agree with what you say. Hulking right tackle, good size and length, got all the physical tools. Only twenty one, strong and powerful, good explosion, moves well, nice push in the run game, finishes blocks. Locks out well, extends, good grip, good torque in pass protection. But yeah, there's just some issues that like can overextend, get off balance, over pursue, overset, which leads to reaching and lunging, which is annoying because he's got good balance. You, you, can, you can see that he's got good balance, but he just plays himself out of position and then has to lurch because he drifts. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about this guy either, Ketz. I'm, 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 I'm with you. He needs refinement. He's a developmental guy, but he's got some physical tools. But then you add in the medical questions. He's, he's 22 on the consensus big board. That seems quite rich for me. Mm. I've, I've got him as a zero, but again, I could be swayed to a minus one. So I think we need Mark to make our minds up for us. On well, Marius Mim. If... If Tyler Guyton is a lottery ticket, then Amarius Mims is trying to get a hole in one with a blindfold on, um, to be honest with you. I I am out on this dude. Like, I do not. It, we said Broderick Jones was raw last year. This dude's way more raw than Broderick was uh, at this time last year. I, I get the physical um, traits that he's got. You know, and he, there are some things that he does quite well for for a guy who's quite raw. Um, I think he's quite light on his feet for a guy his size as well. I, th- I think he's got some good athleticism. He's nimble. Um, I think he's pretty decent at the second level as well. But I mean, yeah, you, you talk about the concerns about his durability. I, I, I'm really worried about that. His limited starting experience. I'm not seeing. Yeah, I like my high effort guys, and I don't feel like I'm seeing that out of him at all. Um, yeah, he's a guy with great athletic traits and I'm not seeing him push them to the to the absolute limits. Um, I, I, I'm just concerned about a lot of his games. I think he struggles in his recovery. I think he plays too tall too often. I, I, Tyler Guyton for me is way more interesting of a of a prospect and a, and a development than I think Amarius Mims is. I'm, I'm going to be very disappointed if we draft him at 20. I don't think he's a first round pick at all. I've got him as a minus one. I've not gone to minus two because I do think the athletic traits are there for him to develop and he could well still prove me wrong. But right now, I'm I'm very much out on the dude. And as I say, I, I don't think he's a first round prospect. I think you've swung my mind. I'm minus one. I'll join you. Minus one. Consensus minus one. Thank you. I think, I think with, the, with the added injury concern as well, if, if he didn't yeah. have that, I'd be more torn. But just there's 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 some reason why he keeps getting his ankles injured. The, both the injuries weren't; they were just kind of you know in a, in a weird mess. And he's but he's like shooting his leg back, and his teammates getting wrapped up on him. Mm. Surely after he'd done it the first time, you'd protect it the second time. So it just seems like maybe a lack of 
a lack of, of, of tight footwork or just being a little bit out of control. So, Ooh. yeah, minus one across the board. All right, who's, who's next? Whose turn is it? I've forgotten. One, uh, two, three, one, two, three. I'll bet round. It's myself. Yeah. Oh, I've just seen a safety pull up in the uh, in the 40 as well. Tyler oh, really? Owens. I'm on adverts. We're out of sync here. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, no. Some, uh, Tyler Owens just uh, pulled up there. Poor dude. Anyway, we're not here to talk about safeties, though. We're here to talk about offensive linemen. Shall we go to a... Uh, let's go to a massive lad, shall we? Let's go to JC Latham out of uh, of Alabama. Six foot six, 360 pounds I've got him at. Um, I don't know if anyone's... uh, Oh, actually, is it that much? Six, six, 360. I've got 360. 360, yeah. Oh, that's weird. I've got... There's some place here that's showing him at 335. That can't be... I was going to say that's not right at all. So that's last... I think that's last year's measurement. He's gained weight from 335 to 360 over the course of his collegiate career. Big dude. Big, big dude, this guy. So, uh, yeah, Alabama, um, five-star recruit um, coming out coming out there, joining Alabama. He was a, uh, yeah, uh, nine games as a freshman, predominantly a right guard, interestingly enough. Just two quarterback uh, hits, uh, no sacks. As a sophomore, took over into right tackle at that point, allowed 10 quarterback hurries, one quarterback hit, no sacks again. I haven't got his 2023 stats here for some reason. But uh, yeah, as I say, this, this is an imposing dude. This is your, this is your massive 360-pound brick wall of a, of a guy. Uh, he's got all the physical tools to just totally dominate even the biggest D linemen. I think uh, I think there's some uh, good stuff to his game. Um, I think he's able to bury the shoulder um, inside to drive people back really nicely. His his arm strength is great. Obviously, you know you, you're getting a lot of strength out of this dude. Um, I think there's you know the variety of ways he's able to win reps is is really impressive. I think he has got surprisingly nimble feet, and I'm very interesting to very interested to see what 40 runs because there were some very impressive like 40 times that I've seen knocked around from in the in the past so I think off episode uh, a couple of weeks ago Kets we we were talking about offensive tackles a little bit and uh, I was saying oh this guy's 360 and he runs this 40 time oh my god you know so you, you see that sort of thing and you think Oh, hello. This this is a guy I've definitely got to look at. So he's going to be a guy that's going to immediately draw the eye because of his size. I do think there are some issues with his game, though. I think particularly in 2022, he kind of cleaned it up in 2023 a bit, but he was a bit of a penalty magnet. We saw a lot of flags thrown against him then. Hopefully he's starting to, to sort of clean that sort of side of his game up. But once once this guy's beat, I feel like there's not recovery there at all really to be fair i think uh, you know for for a guy of his size once he's uh, once he's beat I, I, that that's it pretty much defender's going to uh, defender's going to get around and get to the quarterback there so does get a bit top heavy obviously a guy of his size that that's probably no surprise i think it, a lot of it's um, more in the uh, upper part of his body you know he can he can certainly hold his own against the bigger linemen as i said but um you know the smaller guys, I think he he'll be beaten by some speedier guys and uh, possibly being able to get under him and everything. I don't think he's the most technically proficient guy. I think, as I say, again, he's just a 
he's a size dude. He's a guy who's going to rely on his size to to uh, dominate at the next level. So he's he's big. He's impressive in terms of yeah physicality, and I think will surprise people with how nimble he can be. But he's not like the most brilliant all round guy on here he's 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 touted to take be taken quite high up and i would say he's a zero i think he's an at value guy for me um he's not a guy that i'm really pushing the steelers to kind of push on and try and get but i, I well, don't he's 17 sorry to interrupt he's 17 on the consensus 17 yeah I, I i i don't think i'm not i'm not pushing to push up for this guy like i am with fuaga like i don't i don't i wouldn't I would definitely take him. Yeah, if if he falls to twenty and you know some of the better options are off there, I I I wouldn't mind taking this dude. Um, I think I think he'd make quite a nice piece. But yeah, like big dude, not overly like wowed by him. But um, he's he's not too bad. Not too bad. I, I, I think he looks like a very good guard. That um, might be, yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard not to try and push a lot of these guys in as guard, isn't it? But um, sometimes yeah. you just you just have that feeling of it. I mean, he's, he he does some nice things, and he plays. He's got like surprising jackrabbit energy uh, for his for his size. Like you said, he, he he's like got those kind of like quick feet, which is which is surprising. But it's not. I don't necessarily love his feet in the kick slide. He kind of he's kind of got like a step stepping sort of profile rather than that sort of smooth gliding, you know, that kind of crab stance where they kind of just like, I don't know how to describe it. You know, they, they, <laughs> they sort of like a crab, like sort of like glide out around the arc. He doesn't, he hasn't really got that. He just kind of moves. It's effective, but it just kind of looks a bit scrappy. So I, I don't love it. I don't love it from my tackle. It just, it reminds me of, I don't, do you remember Alex Leatherwood, how he, he looked in his kick slide. It just, it makes me wonder like is, is that is is that kick slide paper thin? And when you get into trouble, it's going to fall apart, and you're just going to start lunging and get off balance and play over your toes. But you've not had to do that because you've never been challenged in college because of your hulking six six three hundred and sixty frame. And and in college, you can just soak up rushes and make plays. Whereas I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that. Any of I mean, he's clearly got size, power, strength, talk. I mean, he moves really well. Um, you know, moves moves outside of the kick slide. He moves really well, stays square, solid anchor, keeps his pad low for a guy that tall. But yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm with you. I just you know I, that 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 the, the problem with his kick slide is he doesn't cover that much ground. So you see him like nearly holding around the arc. And you said it, you you alluded to that right? All the penalties, the holding mm. flags. I think he's he could be a holding monster because he he I think he's he can't hasn't got the range, hasn't got the range no. to be a tackle. And I think that's why he's better suited to guard. I think he could be absolute elite guard. Uh, other little negatives I've got, I don't, I don't see much power in the strike, but great great grip strength. I mean, he, he once he once he once he's one of those guys that once he's got hold of your chest plate, you're done. It's over. He just sinks his hips and he's stopped you. Do you think he finishes all his run snaps? I, I wonder if I saw him running out of steam a few times. Just like I, I'm not surprised. I, I mean, as I say, you know, you, you don't want to harp on the size thing, but um, it would it doesn't surprise me to see a guy like of, of this size sort of run out of steam a little bit. Yeah, you, you want you wanted to see him get momentum though with that. With, you want to oh. see him like come crashing forward. You know, 
again, Alan Vanneker, right? Just just coming forward and just once he gets up to speed, he's unstoppable. Don't see it from this guy. He's, he seems to have run out of steam. Uh, in terms of PFF, offensive grade 82, run block pretty much 80, pass protection 82. So pretty 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 sort of even across the board. I I was kind of expecting him to be a much better run blocker than a pass protector, uh, just just from his profile. But it seems PFF have got him being a better pass protector. I don't know. What do you think, Kets? Do you, you prefer him in the run game or the pass game? I think I, hmm, I I quite like him in the pass game. To be honest, I thought his his pass pro is very good for a right tackle. I, I'm consensus that he's going to be a candidate for holding calls at the next level with his play style. He, he's obviously powerful enough for a pancake when a rusher gets the angle wrong. He, he's solid enough in the run game, but I don't think he's as athletic as other right tackles in this draft. He's a bit of a kind of meh overall scouting. Did everything reasonably well, but nothing like massively overly elite jumped off the tape and made me kind of bang the table for the guy. This guy is a six foot six, three hundred and sixty pound sponge. He just kind of slowly <laughs> absorbs pressure. Like if you imagine a sponge is being compressed, that's how this guy plays. He doesn't ever stop you. He's always giving some ground, but he's obviously powerful enough that it's a slow process, and you've got to push against the resistance of the sponge. He's more of a kind of a resisting tackle rather than a "Nah, you're not getting past me. I'm anchored now." You know, you can just run your little legs and you're going to get nowhere kind of guy. Yeah, the number two overall high school recruit in 2021, played D-end at high school, basketball and track background as well. So I imagine he will test relatively well. I didn't necessarily see that on tape in terms of the athleticism. There's good mirroring on tape, good kind of movement throughout pass pro reps, arms extended, feet moving hip flexibility to absorb the pressure, but again, it comes down to the, the kind of sponge thing. Pits up blitzes and unorthodox plays pretty well. But overall, you know, if you're 6'6", 360, I want you to kill guys on tape. I want the police to be arresting you at the end of every game for <laughs> for attempted murder. So You've got bodies flying out of the way, helmets, gum guards, like shooting out blood. Limbs, yeah, just... Yeah. I, I basically want, like we saw from, uh, I know it's a tight end, but what we saw from Darnell Washington last year, just killing dudes left, right and centre. That's what I want to see from from the sort of, especially the right tackle as well. I want them to be real kind of bully, bulldozery types. And I think he's got the, the frame and the size to do it, but I, I didn't see it on tape and I think I was a bit disappointed by that. So I've gone at value. There's not a massive amount wrong with his game there's not a massive amount right with his game it's it's just yeah. it's just a big dude and he has some success because he's a big dude but you know that that advantage is going to be negated to a large extent at the next level because everybody's a, a kind of mega athlete at the next level so i don't know I'd be a bit daft having a 6 foot 6 360 pound guard but it'd be quite quite fun in that sort of place <laughs> it's it sounds uh, kind of you know, obvious to say, but I think you give this guy the right coach and, you know, get get some of those weaknesses uh, kind of ironed out. I think he could be a really, really effective player, just, you know, purely off the fact that he's just a massive dude who can uh, who could do some really uh, impressive physical things. So, you know, iron out some of it and I think he could be a very, very good player for you. But uh, right now, yeah, he feels a little bit middle of the road, and it's it's. I think it's just disappointing because you expect, as you say, Ketch, you expect so much more 
um, yeah. out of this guy. But um, yeah, I think have we all gone out value there? Are we all zero? Yeah, I went. I went out value. I didn't yeah. say it in my piece, but yeah, I was zero. As yeah, well. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sort of makes sense. I think for this guy, I think I think a few people would be on that uh, on that train. Apart from Lance Zerline, who's got him going tenth to the Jets, so he's got him quite uh, quite high up. What did I say his uh, consensus big board was? Hang on, moving, moving, 17, moving. Yeah. Know, Se- 17, yeah. So it would be a reach for the Steelers to get, I mean, uh, a trade up for the Steelers to get him. I would not want to see that. No, I don't, th- I don't think I would. Um, but uh, yeah, as I say, if he fell at 20 and you know things didn't go our way in terms of the people we really wanted, I wouldn't hate it. Like, it'd be all right, but yeah, just a bit Maybe I should be a minus one because I'd rather them go somewhere else rather than him. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm kind of minus, minus a half. I think, Gav. I think I'm. I'm yeah, I'm yeah that, that, feels, that feels like a very good one. Yeah, minus a half. Yeah. I, I think if I'm the Steelers at twenty and this is like what I've got left, I'm like, oh, there's got to be a corner, or you know, I'm searching round for maybe nine you're and reaching a half after yeah. ten minutes to find yeah. someone else, or or maybe trading back at that point. Yeah, should we adjust to minus one, Kets? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm not going to do it. Too. I'm going to I'm going to stay at zero, just because I think, as I say, with the right coaching, I think he could uh, he could uh, steadily improve. But um, yeah, if you want to go minus one, I I I absolutely see why you would. I don't only mind based that. on that. Yeah, I think I think only based on that high consensus. Mm-hmm. If it was if it was second round, I would probably left it at value. But that's fine. That means across the podcast, he's minus 0.66 recurring. So I'm happy with right. that. <laughs> there we go. Love, love, love a recurring. Underused. Right. Should we move on? Right. So we've done a good job, guys. I said, let's let's do the eight and then let's uh, just do our sleepers after that to keep it zippy. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours. Well, we've done a good job. We've hit seven out of eight and I'm I'm going next. So I'm, I'm doing eight out of eight. So well done. Perfect. Now, just to confuse things, we've had Ola Fashanu. We've had... Talizi Fuaga, and now we're going to Troy Fuatanu, just in case it weren't enough difficult F names. No, I, th- I think it's Fautanu. I think it Fautanu? is. Fautanu? Yeah, because Fautanu? it's, it's F-A-U-T-A-N-U. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I will... Uh, I will Kets, get on that, your please. Pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, pronunciation check. Troy Fautanu out of Washington, 6'4", six, 6'4", four, six, four. Three one seven seems tiny compared to we've had so many six six to six eight guys in this class. Yeah, six four, six, four is small. a small dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, can, I can attest. One of my pals growing up was six four, and that, that is tall. My brother's six four. Yeah, he's a he's a tall dude. Tall dude. Tall dude. Tall. And th- and this is the guy I was saying is the dynamo in this group. I think this guy is the uh, energetic left tackle, uh, thick squat frame. Uh, one of the smallest guys we talked about so far but he's he's a solid prospect i think and uh, i'm i don't i don't we've talked about an eighth i don't think he's the eighth prospect i think he's better than that mm-hmm. two year sorry excuse me two year starter at left tackle just plays with amazing energy real tone setter for the line seems to be at the right place at the right time consistently consistency consistently i had it right first time uh decent length for size good balance another guy that plays with a good wide base nice kick slide Quick hands, quick feet, nice knee and waist bend, solid anchor, good first step. Gets out front of his guy in the zone game to make that reach block. Plays tough in the run game. Solid strike. You see him knock people off balance with it. Plays pass protection with discipline. Looks polished. Sticks on his guard's hip as well. Doesn't doesn't drift out too far. Reacts well to stunts and blitzes. 
And I, ultimately, the thing about it is his play speed. I just like the intensity that he plays the game at. He's just he he he's just turned up to eleven constantly. He's just jacked up. And obviously, you know, it was in the um, championship game last year when TCU got there. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, I've got that wrong. Washington this year. I was thinking of someone else. He was uh, in the championship game this year with Washington, blocking for uh, Michael Penix and um, holding up pretty well against some Michigan rushers. So what's the problem here? Uh, maybe lacking in some some of the more physical tools that we've seen. We've seen from the kind of top guys in this class. They've all got the explosion, the strength, the power. He's kind of turned down on that a little bit. So he's maybe like an eight out of ten compared to like old fashioned Fuaga. You know those guys. They're up there at a ten for strength and power. Um, so he's he's more dynamic style rather than power style. It's hard. I couldn't really think of a comp for him. I don't know who plays with such such high energy as him. But his dynamic style definitely gets him in trouble sometimes with, with a rusher that, that, that sets him up with fakes. So he's not, that, he's not that patient guy. He's not that smooth guy that's going to wait and see things develop. He's, he's already decided what you're doing and he's, he's already moved a million miles, covered the distance and, and, and set up. So something he can set be set up to fail. I think that's that's one risk with him. Uh, the other thing is 24 years old, he's going to be in his in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And you've got to wonder with his profile, the physical profile, how close he is to his ceiling already at that age. If he's 24, he's he's probably he's probably maximized his frame already. So it's not it's not he's like the opposite of uh Tyler Guyton. This this isn't so much of a this is a kind of floor pick, you know, this is like a safe pick that's gonna bring energy and bring bring kind of tone setting to your to your line, but it's not gonna be a guy that's really gonna develop too too much. I think I think you you're gonna see steady development from him rather than exponential growth. Um in terms of PFF. Uh, offensive grade seventy five, run blocking sixty one. So it's definitely the run blocking is he's not he's not he's not so good a run blocker. But pass protection is eighty eight. So he's he's a real good pass protector, uh, and that, and that, that's just energy. It's all energy about it. it's energy in his game. He's like the, the Gatorade bunny. But d- despite all the fears I've mentioned, I think he looks polished enough on tape to be able to to play year one. I think he's pro ready. I reckon you're going to be able to play him at guard if not tackle year one. 20, 26 on the consensus big board. So he's within range of the Steelers. I actually got him as a plus one. I like him. I like his energy, energetic. You know, there there is the risk that he's not got the massive upside, but I, I, just, I just like the energy. I, I, I like someone like that that's, that's just going to play consistently high energy every snap for the whole game and be a thorn in the side of the rushers. You know he might he might be able to get beaten, but he's going to come back on the next play and and be as much of a much of a trouble for them. So, yeah, I, I liked him. I, I liked uh, how do we say his name? For what? For Faltanu. 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 So Cats has got a different pronunciation there. I don't know. No, unfortunately, the Huskies didn't give me a phonetic pronunciation. So how dare they? Terrible team. Cats. Yeah. Do you do you want to go get Cats? Sorry. Yeah. It's going to be too high to be a sleeper, isn't he? Unfortunately. Yeah, this is this is a top eight guy. I don't think we. I think ultimately we we should say is sleepers can't be top eight guys. Although we'll let Mike have his. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I've got this guy as a steel. Uh, ste- I can't even speak today. Steelers scheme fit. 
There's too many mm-hmm. words and similar letters there. Steal a scheme fit. Gav, I'm joining you with plus one. Mm-hmm. There's, there's obviously the, is he going to move inside at the next level? Is he too short at six foot four? Has he got small hands? You know, the usual kind of things that you hear. Football and volleyball background, athletic profile, can get out to the next level, can get out to the sidelines, can get in motion across the line of scrimmage in the power game. Really able to work the run game. I think he'd be great with a run game offensive coordinator. Oh, we've got one of those. That's quite interesting. Um, (laughs) Mirrors nicely in pass protection. Footwork looks okay from what I saw. Uh, Moves nicely when Russia's attack is inside too, which I think a number of the other guys have struggled with in this draft. He's a left tackle, some games at left guard. He's got plenty of experience, obviously, with his age. He played 13 games in 2023 as a senior, 845 snaps last year, 1,700 snaps in college total, 15 QB hurries, two QB hits and two sacks whilst playing left tackle at college. I think he's a late in the first, very Steelers-y pick, definitely a scheme fit, could add in a run game. Imagine this guy prayed in terms of an athletic run-blocking type tackle, paired with Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington, you'd have three run-game specialists in the tackle and tight end positions, respectively. Weakness are length and anchor, as you'd probably imagine, with the, with the size. But, yeah, there was a lot of light in this tape. but very athletic. Really, really liked it. Plus one. No problems with drafting him at all. I, I think, ideally, you'd like him in the second round rather than pick 20, but... If that's the best that's on the board, if it's him or the previous guy, I'm taking Fatanu because uh, I definitely liked his tape a lot more. I think uh, DJ's got him going to the Steelers at 20. I'll take that. He did, yeah. Where does he fall on the um, consensus board? Uh, he is 26. Right, you know what? I've been on the fence about this, um, about this, and I think you guys have swayed me. I'm not going to do the Simon Win Stanley. I'm going to go against you just because I'm going to go against you. Um, I love I'm it when go, we do this. I'm going to go with you. I'm going. I'm going to say plus one. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I had him as a zero. I think initially because one, the age was a bit of a concern, as you said, Gav. Have we seen this guy's ceiling already? That's a, that's always a bit of a concern. And I think the other kind of issue that I sort of had with him was like major issue I had with him was, yes, he's aggressive, but very much like um, Fashanu, I think he can get him into trouble with some whiffs and some uh, you know impatient plays that, that that don't really look good on on the tape. But kind of having a look at it, like I've got way I've got a bigger pro list than I have a con list for this dude. Um, I think you've nailed a lot of it. Like, you know, he's, he's a great athlete. His flexibility is really good. Um, he's an intense and aggressive guy. You know, for a, for a high effort guy, I can't, I can't have, I'd love high effort guys. I can't have a high effort guy at a zero. I've got, I've got to at least push, push him up to a, to a plus one. One of the other things I kind of noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, and I don't know if this is just something that I thought was a bit odd, but might actually be a bit, uh, usual. Do you think he had a weird starting stance? Like it was I, a little bit weird. Yeah, it yeah. Was kind of low and wide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt really. It, yeah, just like this odd squat that wasn't quite what you used to see. It like it, it was. It kind of threw me off a little bit, but I didn't hate it. Actually, I thought it helped him with uh, the kind of explosive element to his game as well. You know, 
As I say, yeah, yeah, it if, for him. yeah, exactly. If it works for you, then you, you go for it and you, you play to your strengths there. So, um, yeah, and I thought it was, you know, nice and quick along the line, getting out to um, help in the screen game as well. Yeah, I, th- I think you've swayed me on him. I, I, I don't hate the idea of taking this guy at 20 either. As you say, he's 26 consensus. So, yeah, I don't mind him. Uh, I don't mind us taking him at 20 at all, really. I just, yeah, the age is a concern, but maybe it's more of a concern than I'm I'm thinking it probably should be. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with a plus one for him. Cool. I mean, the big the big fear in every Steelers fan's mind is is the draft pick in the second round of 2012 of Mike Adams, which, you know, this, is this guy another return of that? Uh, like a guy that's kind of already maxed out and just doesn't pan out at NF level and is a bust. I don't think so. He plays with such such energy and dynamism. I think he's he's a bit more than Mike Adams was. Mike Adams was bigger than this guy. I suppose the good thing about OTs as well is they do tend to last a bit longer than some other positions as well. So, yeah, you are still getting a good amount of years out of him. So it's just it's just whether or not, as you say, as, as long as he's not maxed out, we will get we could get some uh, could get at least you know a decade of of decent play out of him. Let's hope so. All right, so we're into sort of sleeper territory. I think, Ketz, you're up next. Do you want to go with your sleeper? I haven't really got one, if I'm honest. Okay, Ooh. no, Mark. <laughs> no, <go laughs> oh, on. no, yeah, go, go Ketz. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch five other guys. I'm going to go with a guy I didn't like, just so I can put on record. Okay, the negative dude. Out, or like the it. equivalent of out. Uh, I've got Kingsley Sumataya. I've not got his college written down, which is very poor of me. BYU, uh, formerly yeah. of Oregon as well. So he's a Church of Latter Day Saints guy. Ah, okay, no. Problem. What happens with the transfer portal? If you if you're if you're playing at I don't know some other college, let's say Oregon State, and then you transfer to BYU, do you have to convert to the Church of Latter Day Saints? Do you have to suddenly convert to the, the ways of the Lord? I, I don't really understand how that works. I don't. I don't. Right? Do you? Yeah. Do you have to be a Mormon to be by BYU? I think you do, don't you? Do you? Almost. It makes sense. Uh, well, yeah. I think you kind of do. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it, with a name like that, it sounds like he's got island heritage. Can't believe there's that many Mormons on Samoa or wherever. Oh, you'd he's be from. surprised. The Mormons get about everywhere. Trust me. Oh, they're everywhere. Are they? Okay. Mm. Has anyone ever? So, if anyone out? knows the answer to that question, do you have to convert to play for BYU? I'd love to know the answer. Mormons, let us know. Okay. <laughs> Um, got a strong Mormon contingent. If you <laughs> transfer from a Chicago or that kind of neck of the woods based college to BYU, I'm presuming you have to walk there. That's an interesting <laughs> historical note for people to go and have a look That's at. A you know nice That's a very clever joke. That's a very, very clever joke. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I just uh, just learned about that recently and I found it fascinating. So uh, yeah, go and have a read about that. It's quite interesting. It's to do with the pilgrimage, right? It's <laughs> much more interesting than Kingsley Sue and Matthias tape, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> he's played a bit of left tackle. He's played a bit of right tackle. He's 6'4", 3'29". Does have the 34 and, and a bit arms. But here, here we go. Here's my uh, character assassination of his work. Um, footwork, hand placement, and anchor unconvincing. Footwork is a cross between a tap dance and a high knees warm up that we used to have to do in football back in the day. Constantly uses two hands rather than one, so it doesn't have that independent kind of hand fighting that we've talked about previously. I saw him beat on both the inside and the outside on the Oregon tape that I watched. 
driven backwards against a ball rush. I don't know how many times this guy's played specifically, but he just looks so raw at the position. He doesn't look like he's convinced about what he's supposed to be doing half the time. I'm all the way out on this guy, even as a depth piece at tackle. He did maul a guy and bulldoze a guy playing from right guard, so maybe he could be a guard, but yeah, he's definitely not a tackle for me. Definitely not a tackle. So I'll go. Is that a minus two? That's a minus two. Ooh. I'll maybe give him a minus one if he can convince me that he can play guard. But yeah, I'm just putting on the on the record that uh, I don't want that guy to be a stealer at all. Thank that you. Oregon that Oregon tape is awful. Like it's a really really bad game from him. Like the, 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 literally the first con I have here, it says, "Oh my days, the Oregon tape is horrible" in capital letters. Oh, okay. Yeah, like really unrefined, sloppy blocking, slow, almost looks lazy um, out of that. And I think outside of that as well, I don't think I don't think he's very impressive at all. Seems to slow to process plays. Um, he can get he can get to again. He's a guy who has an aggression, but like his aggressiveness more often than not is leading to him whiffing too much. Yeah, he's he's really not that great. The only thing really that is kind of a positive for him. He is number three on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Wow. Which, yeah, which is, so this is from, this is an excerpt from that. Suamataya hit 21.5 miles an hour last year as a 318 pound freshman. Um, So this is, yeah, obviously going a little bit further back. Uh, That's really good for a 218 pounder, much less an athlete, a hundred pounds more than that. He's so, yeah, he's so fluid and smooth. I think he could run in the four eights. So yeah, this, this guy, yeah. Big freaks list guy, which is obviously going to be a big thing. And you do, yeah, the athleticism is is certainly there, but it just it doesn't have it, does he? Like he, he he's if for a guy that athletic, he's not showing the positive side of that whatsoever. Um, as you say, the you know Oregon tape, even aside, I'm not really seeing it out of this guy. Um, I've got him as a minus one. I'm not as hugely out. And I think it's because yeah. of the uh, like natural athleticism that he's got that I'm kind of a little bit like, okay, you know, maybe there's something there, but nah, not not a fan. Wow. Okay. So I, I didn't watch the Oregon tape. So I feel like I've uh, not seen the full picture here. Watch that Oregon tape. My God. Okay. <laughs> because I, I, I had him at value. Uh, he's 42 on the consensus big board. I thought he's got good tools, needs refinement. Plays with a wide base. And it seems like he's got better year on year. He's Penn A. Sewell's cousin. So bloodline fans. Helps. That's something. He's only 21. I thought he looked like a decent athlete, as mentioned. Uh, so I, I didn't spend too, too long on him because I just thought, eh, he looks fine. You know, I'm, I'm not going to drop him or, or or move up. So I'm going to stick with that evaluation because that was my evaluation. But um, maybe I should uh, go away and watch the Oregon tape if it was such a bad showing. I, I would highly recommend anybody uh, to watch that for an example of, yeah, oof, oof play. Yeah, a tape that just makes you go, like, I don't know how many more noises I can do. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Um, yeah, we don't need, don't want you to have another nosebleed. So no, no, yeah, this would be a nosebleed for all the wrong reasons um, for <laughs> for that guy. So yeah, are we? Um, I think we're all done with Sue and Mattia. Yeah, on to you, Mark. Who's on to me? Right, 
Now, this is going to be an interesting one here because this, this, so this is a guy that is being touted as possibly being a guard at the next level. Ooh, I hope you're not going with the guy that I've moved into my guard because I wanted to sleep with him and then said, nope, I'm going to talk about him next week. Okay, Ooh. I think it might be this guy, but I've got him here because he played tackle... I think he, yeah, he played tackle all of this, uh, all of this past season, and I think he played tackle all of the season before. I think I need to uh, just quickly double check that. But yeah, it's it's obviously difficult because this guy is going to be my sleeper for tackles. Are we but, going to Dorothy's hometown? Are we going are to we, Kansas? Are we going to Kansas? I think we're going to Kansas, and I think Ooh. we're going to go with the. Horribly named for an offensive tackle, Dominic Puny. Now, yeah, I, I, I'm going to pronounce it Puny because I do not want to call this guy Puny um, because that's not what you want to, to hear from uh, from an offensive tackle. Um, is the is the word Puny? This guy is not Puny. He's any he's uh, anything uh, but Puny. He's six four, three hundred and twenty three pounds. So, yeah, a lot of talk about this guy moving inside. You know, the measurables, um, you know, the arm is currently, I don't know what it's going to be at the combine. I've currently got it as kind of 33 and 68. So, you know, it's looking in the, the lower percentiles uh, there. Um, but, yeah, he did play. Oh, sorry, so in 2022, he did play left guard. But in 2023, he moved over to left tackle. Um, where he played 742 snaps, eight QB hurries, no QB hits and no sacks while playing at left tackle. Um, I don't think this guy gave up a tackle in uh, a sack, sorry, in college at all. Another guy um, in that, which is which is really good. I just love watching this dude. Another violent dude. He's got fast, violent hands. His explosiveness to get out to the second level was really, really uh, intriguing me. I was a big fan of that. I thought his uh, the way he just guides defenders away from the uh, from the quarterback was really, really impressive. He's got a great grip to him. Can move can move some of the bigger guys. Like you saw some of the bigger D linemen get to him, and he was able to move those guys out of the way. I thought his power was was off the charts. Like I, I thought he just for, you know, 323 pounds, but still just an absolute monster of a power. It's the, it's the power I sort of wanted to see out of some of the bigger guys than him. Um, in, in some cases, it's, it's only the year at tackle. And a lot of people are saying, you know, let's move this guy into guard. I think you can keep this guy outside. I think you can keep him outside at left tackle and he'll still be as effective. I think he showed that last season um, at Kansas when he did it. And I think if you were to keep him out there, I don't think it would be a bad thing at all. Yeah, he could very well move inside and have a prosperous career as well. But I don't think you should write him off as a left tackle just yet. And if anything, it's just going to be more experience for you across, you know, in terms of across across the line. More versatility for you to use use him as a weapon at your disposal there. I do think, you know, as I say, he's a, he's a good, he's got a good, uh, what was I going there? Yeah, I, I think he's another guy that doesn't really uh, recover too well 
Um, I, I think once he's beat, it's, it's, his readjustment isn't the best in there. I think he's, he's much more of a run block guy than pass protection guy. I think he's just, yeah, certainly, certainly needs some work in that. But I, I really, really, really liked watching this guy. Um, and, you know, he's, he's another violent, explosive guy that you just love to watch that just really jumps off the tape for you. And, yeah, I'm telling you now, do not write this guy off as a tackle. I think it can make him, I think he can make it work. I'm telling you now, do write this guy off as a tackle. <laughs> oh, okay. Only, Mark, you, you told me to go watch this guy, so I obliged you. I did go and watch this guy. Unfortunately, the first thing I watched was, you know, the because obviously this is a senior ball guy, right? So mm. I watched the O-line, D-line, you know, one-on-one uh, matchups that they have every year. And it, it's always fun to watch, you know, two guys with their sort of future careers on the line. And Dominic Puny went up against a guy by the name of Gabe Hall from Baylor, who unfortunately ruined his offensive tackle draft stock on day one in Mobile. He he beat him twice comprehensively. There was an overarm move. He was past Puny. He went low and gone, got to the quarterback. The second snap, Puny lost his inside shoulder completely again. Uh, Gabe Hall straight to the quarterback. So that said, as bad as day one was for Dominic Puny and Mobile, days two, three, four were much better. He he played tackle, guard, and center in Mobile. So he's played all over the offensive line. One of the rare players that can potentially plug in at any of the five offensive positions, albeit. I'm putting in theory that I don't think he's an NFL tackle, so I'm putting that out there. Mm, okay. Did much better in the interior. So I think there is some value in Puny, but I think I agree with the the kind of consensus that he's got he's got value on the interior. So it'd be interesting if if Gav's got him next week as an interior guy. Did much better in the interior and, and as I say, managed that spin move nicely. He was a central Missouri transfer. I've got him as minus one as a tackle, but I've got him as out value as a guard. So I'm saying I'm out on him as a tackle, but I don't think that from what the guard stuff I saw wasn't bad at all, to be honest. So, yeah, I think there's value in the later rounds, potentially, if nobody's taken him. You say don't write him off as a tackle. I did write him off as a tackle, and I'm <sighs> I, I'm going to watch him next week. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I genuinely don't think you should. I, I think he uh, I, you know. No sacks last year is is a big telling thing, you know. I'm just, I, I'm enamoured with this guy's play, and as uh, as Ket say, I think he's a guy that you know he can play him all across the line, and that means that you can play him at the tackle positions. You know, I've seen people possibly talking about him pushing out to the right side as well. So you know, he's he's gonna give you that versatility, but. I, I, I'm confident in keeping him as a sleeper as a tackle, and if he turns out to be an excellent guard, then so be it. You know, you know, my sleeper tackle ended up being a great guard in the NFL. Fine, no problem with that. But yeah, I, I hope that somebody does look at his tackle value and thinks, yeah, I think we can use him in that in that way. All right, I will come back to you next week when I have watched him. Go for I it. We'll say what I think. Okay, to finish, 
because uh, I don't, I don't think, I think basically we'll just do our sleepers here and then, and then that's it, right? Because there's, there's various other guys. You yeah, could I, I've got a couple of. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I've watched a lot of guys. So um, there's, if, there's, if there's a couple of guys you want to give, I mean, there's some people I've watched, but I, 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 mostly I want to kind of give a shout out to a couple of guys that Tom uh, Steel City um, was sure. talking about as well. So I'd like, I'd like to mention them a little bit. Okay, but, fine. Um, let's do that. But in, in terms of our own coverage, I'm going to uh, finish this off here with. Anim Dankwa from Howard. Ooh. Six eight, three six five. Another big man. Anim Dankwa. Oh my lord! I mean, we're talking another. This is another developmental guy. Um, he's from Ghana. Well, he's actually he he is American, but um, I believe I believe he. Oh no, no, sorry, that's someone else. I've got confused. No, he's <laughs> totally from Ghana. Totally from Ghana. Still learning the game. Uh, came over was a, was a basketball guy. Played basketball until his junior year, and then got into football. So this is a guy that's barely played any football at all. But six eight three six five plays basketball. What else do you need to know? I couldn't find his age, but I think he's about twenty four. The the best source I could find of his age was his Facebook profile, which is available, uh, and that and that and that seemed to think he was twenty four. So he's he's slightly old. From Ghana, I think there was a thing about GMT, Ghana, maybe time. So maybe it's like there's a little bit of flexibility about his age. Um, but what I liked about him is he moves so well for a big guy. Great length, huge frame, but with quickness to get out, reaches in zone, gets downhill, plays with a nice wide base, keeps his feet alive. I just I just really like the skills. I think I think there's it's an, it's, it's similar to Guyton. I've got I've gone similar picks this year. He's raw. You know he's raw, but he he's kind of solid in pass protection, and I think with a little bit of refinement, he could have great upside. Did start did start left tackle for three years for Howard, but obviously Howard, you know that's you know strength of opposition. You know who are they playing? You know rope dope teams. Mm, you can't. It's not really a test. But however, he went to the Shrine Bowl and was offensive MVP essentially in that game. So you know he showed it on the bigger stage. I don't think he's going to see much action straight away, but he's got the tools and 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 the movement skills are enticing. PFF grades are all sub sixty for twenty three, so you know this isn't the guy that's been producing. Never graded that well, but you know you also have to question: Are are PFF best graders on Howard versus Rob Morris or Howard versus Delaware State? I'm I'm not sure. You know, I'm I'm guessing th- those games are going to be assigned to. You know, a basement dwelling underlings, not not Sam Monson and, and Steve Palazzolo. So, oh, so they might be graded that, well then. Well, <laughs> possibly, maybe it's their best graders because they're actually the ones that are invested and caring. So, do a better job, basement dwellers, because I, I think this guy's been unfairly graded. No, I don't know. Two seven nine on the big board. I think that I think that uh, registers as a sleeper, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Priority target. This is a plus one for me. Absolute. I mean, this guy might might completely flame out and and not be a viable tackle. But on the other hand, the movement skills are enticing. The size is enticing. The quickness is enticing. Yeah, let me drop this guy. Anim Dankwa. Yes, sir. I'm really nice. annoyed that this is one of the guys that I had on the list and didn't actually watch in the end of my multiple dudes. Now I'm, you watched twenty five guys. And I didn't, and didn't watch, watch this Frank guy. Bar. No, so annoyed. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to go back and watch him. 
Oh, that is annoying. As I say, he was on my list, but yeah, just for whatever reason, just didn't get around to watching him. He was also on... I didn't watch uh, as many guys here. I don't know how come I got around to him. What, did you watch him, Kets? No? I didn't. He was on Tom's list. Tom's kindly sent yes. me a list of uh, sleeper options. Um, and he put Anim Dankwa from Howard, Man Mountain of a guy, 68350. Uh, UDFA, most probably, but an interesting developmental guy. So he, he definitely has him as a, a sleeper option. Other guys include um, Garrett Greenfield from SDSU. Frank mm-hmm. Crum from Wyoming, who got a bit of hype at the Hula Bowl. Mason McCormick from South Dakota State. All of the above, he notes, have been invited to the Combine. And then he also has an even more deeper sleeper, could be Michael Jarrell from Division II Finlay University. An interesting wow. prospect from the limited footage I've seen, he bullied D-Lineman in Division Two. He did. I actually watched a little bit of Jarrell. Again, oh, a bit, a bit limited to the point that I probably couldn't put a grade on it. But I, you know, I like the little nuggets that I saw. So yeah, I watched uh, all all of those dudes that you actually mentioned um, that uh, that Tom said. I actually did watch a little bit of. Um, again, I haven't really um, got a big grade on them. But um, Garrett Greenfield, um, I thought was a guy who had really powerful hands, experience of both left and right tackle, um, and actually, you know, I've been kind of down on a lot of people's recovery um in this uh, in this draft but this guy's got really nice recovery skills i just felt he was a little bit inconsistent in the little nuggets that i saw and a little bit lumbering 66305 so a bit surprising that he's a bit more lumbering than some of the bigger guys in this but um yeah he didn't look too bad from what i saw but i couldn't really put a proper grade on him frank crumb have you got the um Corn-fed boys drop there because I think that's what sums up Frank Crum quite nicely, to be honest. Um, I, don't, I, don't, oh, I love corn-fed boys. Thank you very much. There it is. Yeah. I don't know why I asked for that. I hate that drop. But um, yeah, that's that. Some people have played <laughs> arse trumpet, so to speak. Oh, no, my greatest hits are coming out now. But yeah, that's uh, that's a corn-fed boy if you ever saw one. But he was he was quite nice from what I saw um, on there. Again, not really enough to to put a grade on him. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know if you want me to kind of flash through. Do you have anybody else, Kets, that you have on? Well, Kets, you haven't actually like registered a sleeper, have you? No, I'm going to register one just to wind Mark up because I know that he's not necessarily in on this guy i don't think oh we're gonna do this are we yes i was hoping we're gonna do right, this bring it on because i know you want to argue with me so yolo right here we go blake fisher he is the other notre dame tackle so he has played um opposite joe alt and watching obviously both on the tape so i thought may as well cover this guy and, and he's a lot higher up the draft he's probably what, round two, round three, would you say, Mark, potentially? Yeah, I think that's where the consensus sort of lies, yeah. Yeah, okay. I can tell you, hang on. <laughs> One second. Don't, you'd probably, yes, probably uh, eight, eight, 84, 84. Oh, so round three. That's sleeper-worthy, yeah. That's sleeper-worthy, okay. So solid physicality, uh, moves people quite well, gets out to the second level, always looking for work, so he's kind of proactive in terms of... I don't like tackles that just sort of block their guy and then, oh, that's it. And then they just kind of don't don't seem to be trying to find something else to keep the play going. This guy definitely looks for work. Adjust nicely in pass protection from the inside to the outside rusher, so he's kind of got the football smarts. 
um, uses a rush of speed or leverage against them. If they're rushing round the outside, he kind of gives them a nudge or helps them to overrun the route to the QB. If they're kind of running on the inside, then he, he kind of blocks more. There was good push on a goal line heavy set from what I saw. Now, I knew Mark was going to come at me with a negative, so I will concede, just as he did, a sack against Ohio State where two rushers came at him, one on the inside, one at the outside. He picked up the same guy as his right guard on the inside and therefore the guy around the outside got to the quarterback. But from what I saw, I didn't necessarily watch a massive amount and it is very distracting with Joe Alt on the on the other side of the line, but... It was perfectly serviceable tackle from from the tape I watched. And if it's round two or three, you know, I certainly like him more than some of the other guys that I'm more firmly kind of out or negative on. So I've kind of gone at value, but I'll now let Mark uh, rip that to shreds if he wishes. Well, I'm not going to say I'm going to rip it to shreds. Like, I, you know, I'll I'll start with some positives. I thought his anticipation was really nice. Um, I thought... You know, a decent amount of strength there for sure. Um, I thought, you know, you, you brought up the um, uh, indecision in the uh, Ohio State game where he got we got the wrong guy. But when he's getting the right guy, I think he's quite sharp at you know getting to the second defenders when it when needed. You know, to being able to disengage and get over to to that guy. And I think he at arm's length. I think he's he's very good at, at holding back rushes. Once you get him into the sort of phone booth sort of scenario, I think he's really not great in the, in that at all. To be honest, um, as I say, get a, get a guy at arm's length, he's fine. But as soon as the, as soon as the defender gets up close and in his grill, he's he struggles uh, massively. I think um, I don't think he's going to test particularly very well. I think his as I say, I think he had good anticipation, but when it comes at an allowance to get moved on, and I don't think he deals. With the, I, I don't personally think he deals with the rush well. I actually had it in brackets here. TJ would eat this guy alive. I, th- I think the moves that TJ could put on this dude would just be, you know, um, just a, just a game ender really for for him there. Um, I didn't, I didn't think he was particularly effective or impressive in in pass protection. I just didn't really find him very impressive at all. I've not gone to extreme lengths. I've got him as a minus one. But um, yeah, as soon as you said that you were impressed by the other guy from Notre Dame, I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna have to have this discussion here." Oh, no. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not keen on this guy really at all. And it's not just because he's playing opposite an elite guy as well. Like you have to sort of take take yourself out of that. He has nice qualities. I definitely can't put him in a minus two, but I'm not bothered in taking this guy at all. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, ultimately, we've got a third round tackle at the moment, and I'm just looking at another third round tackle. I mean, ideally, we need to put investment in the position, which means the first round tackle. So, mm. I'm I'm just saying, as a third sort of or a day two option, round three, if there's nothing else particularly exciting on the board, take this guy in and try and develop him. There's other guys that you could potentially look to develop, kind of that lower down, but. Well, it's, yeah, it's, you don't really it's, want to take day three tackles, day two tackles. No, it, it's interesting because I think there's a lot of guys that are sort of around that sort of day two, day three area that that are kind of a little bit, I, I think there's a little bit of a soup of meh in there. Like, mm. like the Patrick Paul kind of range. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was a minus one on Patrick Paul. 
despite the fact he was like a first team all Big Twelve um, in 2023, I I wasn't particularly. Uh, I I didn't get the athleticism that people were talking about with him. Like it was one of those lumberer, total lumberer. Yes, yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, ploddy, ploddy dude. An I, oaf. I put he put like if you want an oaf for tackle, put Patrick Paul there. Seems harsh, but that's how it felt. Hundred percent. I mean, he's six seven three three three. Like he's he's a big dude, but yeah, no, a, a proper lumberer. You you're absolutely right there. So yeah, I, I was I wasn't big on him. Oh, sorry, Kets. I was at value at Patrick Paul just to put the uh, the full notes on the record. Um, yeah. Bit slow in initial get off. I wasn't going to record it, but I will now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we've all watched Paul. him. We've got to record it. Yeah. yeah. The... So me and me and Mark were minus one, and you're zero. Zero. Okay. It's hard to say what the value would necessarily be. You're probably talking lower down. Probably early second round pick, judging by consensus. God, Hang on. Oh, oh, not that high. Uh, where is he? Hang on. Where is he? Uh, Forty eight. So no mid mid second round. Oh, come to the minus one crew. Uh, you were having was around three, so yeah, okay, minus one on that. Yeah, I was gonna say because we got fifty-one. You got to think about, yeah, nah, definitely not. I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan. Are these consensus boards drunk this year? Because there's some really like very high grades on some of these guys. I don't know. Um, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we seem just... to be moving all over the place with some of these. So. A tackle yeah. is just the be all and end all, and because you need I do, one, I do think if you, if, you, if, if you play a scheme where you don't ask your tackle to move at all, <laughs> then Paul would be very good. Who plays that scheme? <laughs> sure. Always got a tight end on the outside of him. I think it'd be absolutely fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of rattle off a few other names, I don't want to go into too much detail about them. Just, you know, speak speak up if you've uh, if you've seen any of these guys. But another guy, another guy I was minus one on was J- uh, Javon Foster out of Missouri. Um, wasn't particularly impressed by him. I didn't think he was very explosive. I just thought he got pushed back way too often. Um, his Georgia tape was really, uh, really concerning. There were some nice bits to him. Um, I think his lower half is like thick with two C's. Um, he's, he's definitely got that yeah, big, big thick legs uh, to to him, um, and a decent amount of speed in his hip turns as well. But I wasn't blown away by him really at all I, I had him as a minus one I don't really see the hype about him and I think he is he's getting a little bit of hype which I just was like eh, really okay wasn't too keen on him who else do I have here Matt Gong now how, how do you say this Matt Gong Carls Matt Gong Clavis I'm not entirely sure the um the tackle out of pit yeah Gong Carls I'd say Gone cars. Gone a lot of people saying gone claves, which is like, well, that can't be right because it's AL. It's AL. Not LA. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, don't don't know there. I was kind of at value with him as well. He was um, he was a little bit better than some of the people I saw. I thought having both left and right tackle experience was quite handy for him. I thought his vision was good, but he did have toe surgery, so he missed most of twenty twenty three. Um, I thought he was just a bit inconsistent and like didn't really use his prototypical frame to the to the best of uh, best of his ability so six five three three two big dude but could have used it a bit better but um yeah i sort of had him as an app value sort of guy um i don't think he'd be too bad well it'd be interesting actually where is he on the consensus board is old matt uh, i can tell you one second he is uh 119 wow is that low down blimey i thought he was going to be a little bit higher than that i think i'll still stick it at value um, but uh, yeah, I wasn't actually expecting him to be 
that low. He's he's one uh, the one below Javon Foster actually. Uh, you say one nineteen as well. And Javon and Javon Foster is one below Jack, uh, Blake Fisher. Oh, well, that is interesting. You say one nineteen for that for yeah. So one. So it goes. It goes Matt Gonclaves at 119, Javon Foster at 116, Blake Fisher at 84, Kieran Amigdaji out of Yale, Ivy League, uh, 79. And then we're up to Patrick Paul at 48. And then we're into the guys we've talked about. Well, interesting for Gonclaves. They're all the next guys down. Interesting for Gonclaves is that we have 120 and 121 currently as uh, as draft picks. So... Um, that's that's interesting that he's just just around there. So yeah, at value probably seems about right. I'd probably I wouldn't mind taking him at, at one of those two uh, two spots. Um, if they haven't gone tackle already, it could be an option. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I probably would expect him to go with tackle in one of the first three. But if we don't, you know, could be an option. Just going to quickly rattle off a couple of other guys. Got to talk about the guy from Yale, Kieran Amigadij. I'm a Khadija. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I think I'm gonna struggle with that one. I, ju- I just tried to. Yeah, I just bat- batted his name. Yeah, he's so he's in between Patrick Paul and Blake Fisher. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've you've just absolutely checked off the blockses on the on the big board. Oh right? yeah, perfect. There you go. Another guy I sort of had had at value. You know, he's a fierce, dominant presence. I thought he was an efficient run blocker. Had some nice explosiveness. Has some experience at guard as well. If you want to kick him inside. There is a bit of violence to him as well, but had an injury in 2023. He's an Ivy League guy, so obviously, you know, opposition isn't going to be the greatest there. He's another development sort of dude um, and another guy who didn't really have the best recovery uh, speed as well. So I think there's a fair bit to like about his game, um, but he is a prospect and he's not as intriguing a prospect as somebody like Guyton is, um, I, I don't think. And then, yeah, there's just a couple of other guys like Roger Rosengarten out of Washington. Um, so the other guy at Washington, six five three eleven. I had him as an outvalued guy as well. I thought he had um, some decent strength despite um, his kind of slightly smaller size. Set where when he's set as a really good anchor, he's a tough competitor. Um, he's he's another guy who's he's that, but he's not so much. He's he's not so much aggressive as he is frantic, and I don't think it helps him. I think he gets a little bit too excitable, and it kind of leads to some pretty poor play out of him. Um, I think he's got to calm down a little bit. Um, if, if if that's probably the note I would give him. Um, and as I say, yeah, if he doesn't set himself properly, he can get himself into a right mess as well, and has some balance issues. So, but otherwise, like an intriguing prospect. Like I as I say, out of value for him. But there's just one more guy I wanted to talk about that is possibly quite low down. And uh, if you can give me the consensus on this guy, I'll be, I'll be intrigued. Travis Glover out of Georgia State. Um, six, three, two, three. 268. He's he's the one ahead of Dankwa. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's the guy just, just above him there. I really liked what I saw out of Travis Glover. He was a guy who had to fill in at the last minute at the senior bowl, was a kind of last minute addition to the senior bowl and really, yeah, really held his own at the the, uh, senior bowl as well. Did really, really well, impressed a lot of people there. He's just got an imposing presence about him on the line, Um, uses it to his full advantage, got rangy arms, violent hands, get right up into, into his defenders. 
he does have a bit of an injury history to him. Um, he's a touch slow on on some reps, and you know he's playing at Georgia State. He's not playing the best opposition, so you've obviously got to take that into account. But I actually had this dude as a plus one. Um, I think you could move him up into into quite a nice sixth, maybe even fifth round sort of guy. I I, I think he could be that impressive. Like he could move up the board that much. I, I think he's one to keep an eye on in the later rounds. You know, you want a good depth piece on your line. Travis Glover, I think, is the way to go. I'd agree, Mark. I think he he's not necessarily had the best coaching throughout his career. Mm. His film, in terms of his college stuff, is littered with unrefined footwork and, and hand usage. But the more professional coaching experience that he had in Mobile, according to most of the people that we're kind of talking about him, has already begun to pay dividends. There was a one-on-one rep against Miles Cole from Texas Tech. There was a power move outside. Glover pushed him around the pocket, then countered. There was a spin move really well. There's very kind of physical rep, face masks, all sorts going on. The real sort of aggro showing that intent. I kind of like a little bit of fight in these guys. He's a five-year start on the offensive line, so he's going to be an older guy, 57 career starts, which is the second most in Georgia State history. First team all Sun Belt Conference, and he blocked for the Sun Belt rushing leader, Marcus Carroll. So clearly something in the run game there and some, some good production, albeit at a lower level, but the fact is he seems to be a very coachable dude. So if you can bring him into a more professional outfit at the NFL level, give him some really good training over the next two or three years. You know, who knows how high his ceiling could be. He could turn into quite a nice piece. So, uh, yeah, I agree. He's, he's a guy to look out for in in, uh, in day three. Yeah. Nice, super deep sleeper. What, are you plus one, Kets, or zero? Yeah, I got plus one. I liked what I saw. There, there, some of the college tape was bad, but from what I saw in terms of the senior ball game and the senior ball tape, it was uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, you're exactly right. You get this guy. It's another guy where you get you get the right coaching behind him, and he's he's going to prosper. I think. Yeah, I think it'd be a nice depth depth piece for sure. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that just needs a chance, and and maybe didn't necessarily have that until you know some guy went down early in the senior bowl, and this guy was kind of in the region, not too far down the road. So uh, you know, been a, a long time college player, so they got him in, and you know, he snapped the hands off and and delivered well so yeah I've, I've actually driven from mobile to georgia it's quite a long way oh well everyone in america is quite a long way but it's uh <laughs> it's, it's flyable uh, anyway, <laughs> i think gentlemen i think that was a very good primer on this tackle class i gotta say mm. if, you, if you're interested in football you're interested in the trenches i think i think what we've put together there is is a very good show which introduces some of these prospects well done line work Thank is you. probably I know I said I'm not great at doing it, but it's probably one of my favorite things to look at in terms of like watching all so- all these sort of draft prospects in terms of position. I think line stuff is my absolute favorite to watch just because I loved watching the high intensity guys who just push people around. It's it's just I so think much it's, fun it's to watch. a real like it's a real weed smoking draft analysis. When you, if you watch like draft draft videos from 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 draft nicks, it's it's the real kind of like intelligentsia, the sort of highbrow guys that do the uh, the O line. So if you if you if you want to get into it, you can join that fraternity of being the kind of uber draft nick. 
Yeah, I think you should. Anybody can anybody can watch quarterbacks and evaluate quarterbacks, but you know when you when you're getting deep into the <clears> trenches, there that's that's the real business right there, isn't it? I don't know when, when the, the <laughs> entirety of a league passes for for seven rounds on a guy, and you said he should be taken in the third round. I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Ends up in a Super Bowl. All right, it was close. Eight seconds away from winning it. Damn, that was close. Well, I haven't actually talked about you. That haven't no. Do you want to quickly uh, just? No, no, it's nothing. It's no. nothing. I was just, I was just eight seconds away from from my take being eternally right in the annals of history, and we, you know, it might not be now. Well, according to the stats, he'll he'll never win one now. So no, no, yeah. exactly. Oh, so he's up up there with the likes of uh, Mister Burrow, best Super Bowl losing quarterbacks. There yeah, you go. Burrow's not been to a Super Bowl. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. <laughs> It, it's nice uh, to not think of the Bengals in the Super Bowl, but sadly, yes, he has been yeah. to one. Damn, I wrote it out of history in my mind. P.S. He has. Yes, uh, it but, will never uh, be I'm written out of history else... until the uh, kebab or pint bet is settled. Wait, what, which one is that? Sai versus Mike. What was it? The one that Sai says he didn't make, but he definitely did, and I've got the timestamp to prove it. What was it five <laughs> was five years that he Burrow would be in the Super Bowl or something like that? Was it? He had five years to win a Super Bowl, yeah. That was it, yeah. Ooh, win one. Ooh. Win one, yeah. Close. Yeah. But yeah. Right. Uh, well done, guys. Yeah, I think we'd, uh, yeah, really, uh, really got into that class. As I say, it's a deep class, isn't it? Like, super deep. Some really, really good guys to see in here. I think you're going to see seven or eight guys come out of the first round. So, yeah, it's going to be great to watch. Thank you, gents. It's been, uh, it's been a great, uh, great show, I think. Follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow myself uh, at Mesh NFL. Um, you're going to have to forgive me on the Twitters. I am going to get these right. Don't worry. You can follow Kets, uh, not at the Rattle. You can follow Kets. God, that rattle goes on forever, doesn't it? Um, you can follow Kets at uh, Kets UK. Uh, you can follow Gav at GM Boom Op. Thanks a lot, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. I think for interior O line. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll join you for the uh, for the interior group next week. See you later. See ya. See ya. Go Steelers. <laughs>